Are you tired of not paying for your favorite product? Patreon.com slash Cast. What's a Patreon, you say? It's a website where fans can support their favorite content creators. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. 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 <laughs> this is only if you got the money. We got koozies. We got custom obituaries. We got stickers. We have movie commentaries that you download and watch with said movie. It's like you have friends in the room. What if I don't like history? You're wrong. You love history. How much money can I give? Anything will help. We like doing the show. We're going to do it anyway. Mike's losing us money at every corner. Roast Mortem Cast is here to help you take a load off that wallet. It's all been arranged just for us to get your money. I'm telling you that you need to give money to Roast Mortem Podcast so we can do it even better. Are you tired of exploiting these four men? Or you could even sponsor. You got a stupid-ass business? I'd love to talk about your business. Point to point. I'm too busy to read. Where can I find this podcast? So call today at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. That's R-O-A-S-T-M-O-R-T-E-M-C-A-S-T at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Yeah, if you want to buy me a beer, that's cool too, you know. We're going. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourselves. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. Must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? Oh, God! Oh, Jesus Christ! Hey, welcome back to Roast Mortem Podcast, the only podcast that's about ballet. My name is Mustard Cop. Uh, I'm a ballerina. I'm Travis. I'm your Cody for the evening. And I'm Mike. There you go. Oh, hell yeah. This is a special episode again, right? Because it's our two-year anniversary. Look at that. Look at that. 100 episodes a couple weeks ago, but because the Mayans fucked up the calendar, uh, we couldn't just you know make it around 50. Yeah. Here we are. Numbers. That would have been nice. Yeah. Well, you know what would have been nice? If the world ended in 2012. They fucked up. <sighs> Oh yeah, they made a movie about that too, and what oh, movies movie. are real? Movies are real. So. Best John Cusack movie. <laughs> Is he in? The, I never saw it, but he's the he saves the day and shit. What if the world did end in 2012 and we are actually in a simulation that Elon Musk is running in his sex dungeon? I think about that sometimes. Well, I'd be okay with. You ever like pinch yourself really yeah. hard to make sure you're not like dead or some shit? I mean, it's a simulation. Oh. Give me cheaper rent, you piece of shit. Oh, dude, speaking of simulation, <laughs> I, I, I know we all hate these uh, stories that start off like this, but I had a fucking weird dream last night. Oh, I didn't... Cody. It's fine. It's fine. Well, congratulations. But, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I In my dream, I wanted to know what fibromyalgia was. Oh, what? I don't know. I just wanted to know what that word was. So I tried Googling it, but because it was my dream, I couldn't you know, teach myself that. My subconscious couldn't teach myself that. So my entire dream was just desperately trying to figure out what a word was, but Google just kept coming back like, oh, did you mean this other word? That's so frustrating. Yeah, it was so frustrating. Like, it would autocorrect to something else, like fiberglass. Yeah, Google's like, like, uh, no, 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 you wouldn't understand. Yeah, (laughs) it was just like, it it was literally like... Like dragging its feet to explain what fibromyalgia was because it's like I didn't know already what it was. What does that even mean? I'm curious to know. It's just sore points around your waist and neck. Oh, 
Well, Cody officially started the podcast off on You're a very, uh, I don't welcome. know, a spiritual note. Yeah. All right, Cody had a spiritual week. I mean, he's worried about he's doing. worried about words. A lot of us are worried about and image and money and stuff. And Cody's just fucking words. Though. You know, it's nice doing a words podcast hurt. with someone who worries about words so much because I don't. Me neither. I got you. I got you guys. Yeah. You <laughs> help balance thesaurus. us out. It really works out nicely. I'll be your thesaurus. I'll be your rhyming dictionary. I'll alliterate. If I'll I knew it. more words, do you think I'd be doing a podcast? No, I'd be writing my own dictionary. I know some words. Uh, all right, oh, Tom. Dude. What? Do, what? Tell me in words. Uh, well, how was your week? Or you could show me in pictures. <laughs> that would be a huge middle finger to the people at home. <laughs> what did I do this week? Fuck. Uh, well, I got a wedding coming up. Oh yeah, yeah. That, for it. Yeah, we're actually um, not that anyone cares, but we're recording a couple days early because I'm going to a wedding where I'm going to get kowtowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we we're usually on the Sunday rotation, but Sundays people like to get married, so yeah, that's where I'll be go, getting people. fucking. Come on! And... I got this sweet velvet suit. Yeah? Wait, really? Yeah, dude, it's shiny. Dude, like, will raccoons come running out of the woods and try to touch you, Shiny? We'll see, man. Mike, what about you? Mike, stop kissing the fucking camera. What is yeah. wrong with you? What about you, Mike? What was your week like? Nothing much. Went to work. That's about it. Kind of boring. I went bowling Sick. the other night. It was nice. Did you bowl a, a thousand? Is that what you yeah. could score? No, I Wait, just hold on, Mike. Tell me the story. Tell us the story that you told me before <laughs> oh, yeah, we started yeah, yeah, recording yeah. about what it's like to bowl on Long Island. All right, so... I went bowling on Tuesday night, and next to me is like this, uh, it's a big family, you know, and there's this like really South Shore Italian dude, fucking <laughs> tribal tattoos, you know, rhinestone jeans, like fucking perfect, full, full douchebag kit. And so he was getting really angry that the manager wasn't like coming over to him to watch him bowl because that <laughs> night was green pin night. So if you got a green pin as the first pin in your bowling like set, and you got a strike, you get like a free game. So he was trying to get okay. her to come and watch him do it because you have to have a manager watch you do it. You need a witness. Yeah. Mm. And she was like busy doing something else and he was the farthest down in the bowling alley. So <laughs> I'm sitting there bowling and he slams the ball on the table, knocks over a bunch of drinks, and he's just having like a meltdown. He's like, You don't come over and watch me bowl? What the fuck? <laughs> like freaking the fuck out in this lady's face. And his whole family is just like dead quiet. Like embarrassed for this guy. I'm embarrassed for well, him. Well, no, too. they're quiet. They're quiet because they're afraid to get hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's got to be it too. <laughs> he was having a meltdown, like definitely roid rage or something like that. But it was like, but I was just, I was, I was loving it. I was like, this is the most awkward thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that poor family. He, yeah, and the whole family. It? I mean, Did he, he hit stormed the green out. Pin? No, she wasn't there. She Perfect. didn't. Good. She didn't respect his hook. <laughs> yeah. She didn't respect what he brought to the table with a hook. And that Brunswick right? baby. And that fucking storm brain ball. Or whatever they're called. <laughs> oh, he had to be hammered. He was definitely fucking toasted. Do you think he honestly would have got the strike had she come down? No. Maybe. Mm. You never know. Uh, he could have been a fucking fire bowler, you know? Yeah. But if he's drunk, no. Mm. I Listen, I, I get drunk and go bowling. I mean, my high was 245, I think. So That's know. impressive. Yeah. All right, Tom. Well, a, look at you. Fun. You have little clown shoes on, and you have a tiny hat on, and you're bowling <laughs> with pitchers. Do you really think I'm a clown with my own shoes? Do you think I bought clown shoes? Yes. You're right. Sir. Yes, sir. I think you're a clown, sir. Yes, I am a clown, because I own two bowling balls in my own shoes. I'm a totally a clown. <laughs> yeah. 
nothing wrong with uh, that. I kind of want to get my own ball, you know? It's, it's like fucking, you're eating food, other people use your ball and stuff like that. Your ball gets kind of greasy and stuff like that. You don't know where those balls have been. Just bring your own polish. Yeah, but you never know where that ball, yeah, true. Yeah, you just got to polish your own balls. I have to get a ball, out, that's man. what it is. Fucking my... my... <laughs> 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 All right, Travis. So, how was your shitty week? My week. Yeah, I I did an interview this week at a at a place, and uh, so I'm talking to the manager, and we're having a conversation. You know, smoozing, schmoozing, and boozing and cruising. Right. You know I mean. <laughs> and this guy. All right, so he's like somehow works in the conversation. He's like, I have a podcast. I'm like, Oh, do you? That's cool. And I was like, Yeah, me too. And so at the end of the interview, he's got, you got any questions? And I was like, what's the name of your podcast? And he goes, <laughs> he goes like this. Uh, apparently his show, I don't know the name of it because he wouldn't give it to me. But oh, fuck. Uh, his show is like they watch horror movies and drink and like they pair the horror movie. With Wait, hold on. Is something. this guy white? Yes. All right. <laughs> So, so he's like, he's like, Tom was on to something about his identity, but you just wanted to like throw some racism into that. No, it's not racism. I mean, we're white guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still racism. But, you know, a lot of white guys don't have a cool podcast like us. That's the difference. Yeah. Right. So he goes like this. He's like, well, there's three people on the show. Like, one woman is like a beer distributor in like the Pacific Northwest, like, works for a beer company. So she's like the, you know, the beer person, the other person is like the movie researcher, and like, I'm kind of the frat guy, so I don't really talk about my show in at work, because, you know, and I was like, me too! <laughs> I was also, I the second I asked what your show name was, I immediately regretted it, because I thought you were going to ask what my show name was. Well, you were embarrassed for, from us, Travis? Good. Dude! That's how, I, that's how I want it. In a professional setting, I cannot talk about dipping my balls into mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a good you know I feel I mean? comfortable to do that here. Yeah, more than comfortable. You get Send me a I'll jar. Yeah. I had to do it with Hellman, so I mean, I can't... I used to dip my balls in mayonnaise a lot, but now we have best foods on the West Coast. I can't do it anymore. It's the same thing, dude. Get over it, man. It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> Suck your best... Cody, we kind of talked about your week, but it yeah. was just seven hours of it. Yeah, and I also had a bunch of shrimp tempura. That's oh, cool. Shrimp tempura. It's good, yeah. It's, it's good, so good. Stuff. You mean from the sea? From the the ocean. It came, uh, flopped out, all breaded and fried already and wrapped in rice. Nice. Oh, well, that uh, good thing I'm not hungry. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so, Tom, tell us what we're doing tonight. All right. What's going on? So, you've tuned into a very special episode. As Travis mentioned before, this is the uh, two-year anniversary, technically. Woo! Yay! So, we, are decided, we decided to do a uh, masterclass series, right? That's what yeah. we're calling these, masterclasses? With, uh, yep. So, this is basically three mini-sodes. Um, kind of like those the, the Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors. Those are nice. As opposed to one narrative, we're doing three, and we're each doing a read. And you can vote on who reads the best tonight, if you want <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, I'm going to um, lose. We're not making a poll. Someone else should make it. Yeah, whatever. It takes two seconds. Maybe we'll have Mike Judge at the end. Yeah. Not, not Mike Judge from Wait, Mike King Judge Hill, is going to be here? <laughs> Dude, King of the Hill is going to be on the show. Fuck yeah, two <laughs> years. So it, um, tonight's theme for the Masterclass series is child actors. Yeah. Now, I know what you're thinking. Tom, where'd you get that mustard color shirt? <laughs> I can't very see mustardy. through the podcast. It yeah. is very mustardy. I'm looking at it with my mustard eyes, and it is a mustard-colored mustard. It just screams 1976. Oh, God. 
Dude, that's why if, I'm the mustard cop. That's good, that's good color. I it like goes color. with my mustache so well. It does match. Uh-huh. Yeah. If there was, if I had to describe that in terms of mustard, I'd say it's a mauve mustard. That's awful. Is it mauve reddish? That's, don't say that ever again. I hate that. <laughs> Travis, you're done. That's like sandstone Colorblind mustard. fuck. Sand mustard? Bl- sandstone. Sandstone mustard. Okay, who cares? I want to say yellow. <laughs> uh, so to start off the Masterclass series, I'll start reading first. Do it. We'll get mine out of the way, because I got the fucking, I don't know, I don't even know who you guys brought in, but I got the the shittiest child star. Well, we'll see, Mm. we'll see. Yeah. I don't believe it. Trust me, trust. You guys like the little rascals? Oh, yeah. I love the little rascals. My grandpa was almost a little rascal. Your great-grandpa, that little. No, grandpa. his grandpa. Oh, really? Yeah, dog. That's right, that's right. So I'm doing alfalfa. No way. Oh shit! Alfalfa on the chopping block. That fucking yep. middle parted dick flopping out of his head, motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know who decided to do that to his head, but it worked. <laughs> it um, did. So if you don't know the little rascals, uh, that was these old shorts that happened. I think twenty two. It started. Oh yeah. It worked. From the silent era into the the soundies, uh, they recorded those till 1942. So Alfalfa is one of the most famous of those little kids. Yep, one of the big stars. Mm. And the fucking every little rascal episode you watch, and Alfalfa's in it, you're like, fuck this shit. Just skip over those parts. Those are the least... episodes without him. I thought there was, he was the only one on that show. It continued on after <laughs> it's that. It's just Alfalfa in a fucking it's room. Just a no, show. I thought it was like there was more after like Alfalfa like grew up or some shit. Alfalfa was like technically the third wave of Rascals. Oh, there's even earlier. There's ones? like four waves. Yeah, oh. there was the Silent Boys. I thought he was part of. And that then there shit. was the second wave with like um, shit. Porky. What was his name? No, Porky was in the se- third wave. Uh, second wave was uh, Jackie Cooper. Oh right. Some various other kids and uh, Stymie as a little kid. Stymie Stymie went through uh, second through fourth wave of Little Rascals. So there's a lot to get into. Maybe we'll do a whole Little Rascals bonus episode because there's a lot of tragic stories. Not a lot of shit to talk. A lot of drugs, though. Yeah. You know what's kind of interesting about alfalfa, though, before you get into it? The whole term, like, I have an alfalfa for, like, a flyaway hair, people use and, like, don't. Some people, I feel like some people don't even know what that means. Like, I saw some, uh, I was, like, looking for pictures for alfalfa, and, like, it was, like, somebody, like, PewDiePie's got an alfalfa. I've never heard anyone use that phrase. Really? Really? I've heard it. I've been called that before. Yeah. I always I, have hair sticking up in retarded places. It's a, it's a cowlick. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about it. It's when you got a penis on your head, like Flop Dilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, alfalfa's real name is Carl Switzer. I'm going to just okay. refer to him as Alfalfa, because that's, uh, I guess, funnier. That was the point of the name. He was a premier Our Gang member, uh, better known as the Little Rascals, with his signature dickhead haircut and his <laughs> terrible crooning act. Alfalfa became one of Hollywood's biggest stars. At one point, he was bigger than Clark Gable. Wow. <laughs> okay. But... Most importantly, Alf Alpha. Yes, we're talking about children for this episode. I don't feel bad talking shit about this kid. He fucking We're going to do it sucked. all episode, man. He was awful. Alf Alpha was born in Paris, Illinois, August 7th, 1927, to Gladys C. Shanks and George Frederick Switzer. All right. He was their youngest child. He and his brother Harold, or later referred to as Slim or Deadpan, 
got along fantastically. <laughs> Wait, who was Slim and who was Deadpan? <laughs> Slim and Deadpan are the same person. That's his older oh, brother, Harold. He's got rapper names. Who he got along with. There was four kids in the family, uh, one son, and then a daughter, and then two more sons. The first son died in 1922. There was a daughter. We don't know her name because that's just kind of how the world works. Uh, <laughs> okay. The Switzers were typical middle Americans, poor farming family. So Alfalfa and Slim would hit the downtown square almost daily with instruments and sing like pigs for extra cash to help out around the house. I don't want to win four lives and alfalfa. Is that what he's doing? That's a very old song. Yeah, I mean, that's a, 19, <laughs> that's a 1930s, you know, it's got yeah, swing yeah. to it. I don't want to win. So eventually this two duo, uh, Slim and Alfalfa, they become kind of known in Paris, Illinois, which has less than 6,000 people in it at this point. But they're out there in front of City Hall every day. Like, hey, you going to court? Give me a dollar, please. (laughs) Whatever it is. That's the worst place to do that. Mama Gladys and Papa George were like, hey, we got some real cool kids. They brought their six and eight-year-old boys to Hollywood to make it. Dude! That's what a good the move. Good parenting. Best place to move your children. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's what for, you know. Wait, but isn't Hollywood at the time like Dirtland? Like, is it big it's like yet? Brand new, right? Hollywood got big quick. D.W. Like Griffith penis. Griffith moved in. He got big with the uh, silent films in like 1910 with Birth of a Nation. Yeah, and he had started building out the whole Sunset Strip, and there was a lot of industry happening there. For yeah, about- just flop. Flopping his racist dick out all over the place, and palm trees are growing. Yeah, it's not a really racist movie. Yeah, I mean, if you're afraid of ghosts. <laughs> are you, Mike? Yeah, no, Probably I mean, that, that had been a, a, an industry place for about 20 years at this point. Alfalfa and his brother got recognized by Hal Roach in what seems oh. to be the most bullshit story ever, but a lot of accounts say it's true. So they went on a public tour of Hal Roach's studio, where our gang is filmed. After the tour, they tried to, like, sneak in and see if they could talk to someone, but no could do. So what they did is they stopped into the um, the employee Our Gang Cafe, which was open to the public during lunch hours. And that's mm. where all the production crew would go uh, get their tuna sandwiches or whatever yeah, people nice. ate back then. Blow cigarette smoke into the child actors' faces <laughs> while they were smoking cigarettes. Yeah, because yeah, right. they'd be doing it back to you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Alfalfa and Slim decided to do an impromptu singing vaudeville-style routine. And, of course, Hal Roach himself happened to be eating lunch there. Dude, if I was eating my lunch and two fucking stupid-ass kids started yowling and howling at me, like doing that fucking that shit that that kid did in the Walmart, the fucking... <laughs> Walmart, what, yeah. What, yeah, Walmart. Oh, Hank, William, boy. Hank Williams. I would be fourth. like, get the fuck. I'm trying to eat my Poke Bowl, sir. <laughs> Drop kick him out of window. <laughs> Don't you fucking make fun of yodeling again like that. Yodeling Sorry. is a skill, sir. So anyway, yeah, uh, Hal Roach is there sucking down an egg cream, and he sees these two boys, <laughs> and he says to himself, I need those kids. Got it. <laughs> so he had um, contracts made up for Alfalfa and Slim within the week. And then, bam, 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 they were background kids. So the brothers premiered in Our Gang's short film called Beginner's Luck, February 23rd, 1935. Alfalfa charmed his way through the ranks of the other poor children and became the most famous rascal by the end of 1937. Mm. Okay. He was adorably freckled, 
skinny mm. kid that sang mm. like shit with the calic. <laughs> it was just a great character. Oh, the calic was already incorporated at this point? Yeah, they started throwing on the calic pretty early. You know um, they held that up with asbestos, right? Yeah. They had really? To oh, my God. Asbestos so- and lead. Good stuff. <laughs> his character was like the romantic type that would conquer his own cowardice to fight bullies to honor his woman. What was Darla? his woman's name? Darla, Dar- thank Dar- you. Darla Hood. Um, what's not to like about this? This is great. This is a good way to start off child's career. This uh, shitty. As most child stars at the time, the parents didn't work. They let Alfalfa make all the cake. Yep. Core family values. Dog, you get a monkey that you birthed. That's a good idea. Have kids and just he- do all the work for you? You just like kind of take advantage of Yeah, but if, if it was like... <sighs> Spike. I'm You're right. Kidding. If you can, do it. If you can't, go try anyway. You're right. We need um, more child labor. Thank you. Just put it out there, dude. <laughs> They're so healthy. Kids are lazy, like, you, you can. Know? You can throw them off a building and like they won't break any bones. Like I yeah. fucking trip and I broke my ankle. You know they got them small frames. You could get them to do like HVAC work. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So Just throw them under buses. <laughs> yeah. For money. We got this stupid alfalfa, and everyone likes him, audience wise. But on set, alfalfa was a piece of shit. Yes. The other kids didn't like him at all. He'd harass them and was kind of a bully. Um, he'd also play those kind of jokes that no one liked. Like no one, no one. There was no like good humor behind it. He was mm. the kind of guy who thought uh, seeing someone very injured was hilarious. Oh, one of those like it's a prank, bro. Guys. Yeah, like it's kind of funny if someone breaks their tailbone when you pull the chair out from underneath them. But when you just crack someone in the back of the head, that's not really a <laughs> prank. Dude, I love glassing people. Glassing yeah, people is hilarious. Laugh. Glass, yeah, well, you love England. So he'd pick fights. He would uh, dead arm his co-stars, toss cherry bombs at people on set. He'd oh, even man. keep long nails in his pocket to stab other kids with. Ooh. Funny. That was hilarious, Alf Alpha. Tetanus. <laughs> Wait, so hold on. His name is Alf Falfa, right? So yeah. is he Alf's dad? You mean uh, mm, Alf from no. the 80s sitcom? Alf. Eight yeah. cats. Alf. Yeah. Did did Alfalfa eat cats on set live raw? Hard questions tonight. Raw cats. Basically, we got this little dick, and right. um, I'm gonna just go through a few examples of shit he did on set that right. might make you want to toss this kid in the garbage. Uh, on one occasion, a cameraman got mad at the kids because they kept fucking up the scene. This poor guy just wanted to take a lunch break, and these dumbasses couldn't remember their lines. When it was lunchtime, Alf Alpha stayed behind and chewed up an Ace Ventura amount of bubblegum and stuck it into the camera gears. Oh, oh dude, no. You respect a, the equipment. What a yep. penis. Yeah, so the only guy who worked the rest of the day was the cameraman or something. I'm paraphrasing what some old guy said in this interview I watched. Yeah, Jesus he's fixing Christ. the fucking bubblegum camera that yeah, stupid Alf 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 made. Yeah. Um, he shut down production another day when he pissed on the stage lights before anyone yes. else showed up. <laughs> Wait. It's badass. Mike. <laughs> Mike. Put your penis away now. So when the grips came in and turned on the lights, the smell of hot boy urine drove everyone off set for the day. That's funny. <laughs> Imagine what Mike's Red Bull ridden piss smells like. <laughs> so Alfalfa played another hilarious prank where he put a bunch of fishing hooks in... His co-star's 
uh, Spanky's back pocket. Dude, don't do that. Oh, which later required some stitches to fix the shredding near Spanky's groin. Ouch. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Did he give him a wedgie or cool. something? No, he put a bunch of fishing hooks in his pocket. Oh. So when he sat down, Fuck. it like got up into his ball area. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, God, what a piece of shit. Dude, it's a hilarious prank. All right. Get oh, over now it, my bro. gooch just hurts thinking about the. Yeah, yeah well, it's a, a fishing hook. Cane. It's a fishing hook, too. It's not supposed to be pulled out. It's not like putting a oh. pin in your pocket. It's Imagine barb. how to tell someone that too as a kid. Like I have like a fishing hook in my gooch. Like, can you help me, sir? Like, you know he's like freaking out. You know that's fucked up. Yeah, it wasn't but, as a progressive oh, time as now. Yeah. You know where where it would be okay to be like, hey, mom, uh, I got a fishing hook <laughs> in my ball sack, and I'm eight. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm just thinking of the and kid from Jumanji, the monkey kid, when he goes up to Robin oh, yeah. Williams. And he's like, I, I have a fishing hook drugs. in my grundle. <laughs> I love it. You, you got to like snip it and pull it out the other way or something like that, right? No, nah, you can finesse it out, but it's... Uh, yeah, oh, they got to like cut it out, yeah. So he got some stitches, but Spanky was all right. He did better than Alfalfa <laughs> in the long run. It's not all right. That's good. Yeah. Another smooth brain trick was when he told co-host <laughs> Darla that he had a ring in his pocket for her. But Aww. she needed to grab it. Now, the proper way to play this prank would be putting your penis in the pocket, correct? <laughs> I yeah. mean... If you're going to do yes. that trick, yes. <laughs> or perhaps some crazy glue or something that would, you know, get their hands stuck in there. Wood right. glue. Unpleasant. Yeah, something gross. But uh, he decided to just leave a, a switchblade pointed up and uh, <laughs> almost cut Darla's finger off. What? So this is <laughs> Chucky, or the kid from Pet Cemetery, right? Oh, he's got issues. He's just a fantastic moron. He's, he is? really is. Dude, I got some in my pocket. You want to feel it? It's hot and sharp. <laughs> yeah, right? Ow. So Hal Roach sold the Our Gang operation to MGM in 1938, and many changes were made. And Alfalfa didn't like that, so he left the company about a year and a half later to pursue his own acting career. Oh, big shot. Now, we did get a couple parts from then into his adult career, but uh, they were all kind of bullshit. Mm. MGM even hired him uh, and a few of the other rascals to do a series called The Gas House Kids, which was all <laughs> them grown up. I guess they all needed money. Oh, really? Oh. I'd like to see that. Wait, yeah. like the, rug wait, rats all grown up? Yeah. The, yeah, this, right. is gas, 19, this is wait, 1947. The, gas House Kids. Does The Gas House... Uh, kids take place in Nazi Germany. Yeah, <laughs> Is it like a Breakfast Club kind of movie? No, it's like, f I think they did four or five shorts or something, wow. but it, it just bombed. Like, no one was into it. Um, the only other film that he was involved with that you people might know was It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, really? Really? But, okay. yeah, yeah, where he was um, Mary Hatch's date at a high school, oh. and uh, it was an uncredited role. Oh, which, Wow, I gotta watch that. I watch it yeah. every fucking stupid Christmas. <laughs> so, Look for Alfalfa. Something else to take note of is that CBS bought the Little Rascal stuff and started airing it in the 50s. So there was this reprisal of the popularity, and here's Carl, who left the company, is in the shit, and everyone's just like, hey, it's Alfalfa, and he's like, shut up, I'm almost homeless. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right, like... My dad grew up on, like, my dad and mom grew up with the little rascals, and they were born in the 50s and 60s, you know? 
Yeah, Little Rascals, when CBS bought it, they it was a syndicated deal, and it got much bigger than it initially had been. Really? Huh. That's pretty interesting. Well, because of the advent of the television and yeah, stuff. Everyone has Be- it now. Yeah, exactly. So everyone's watching it. They're, they're running it um, you know, at all the kid times, 4 yeah. o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon when they get home from school, whatever it is. And I saw a picture of him when he grew up. He looks a lot like he didn't change much. He still looks like Alfalfa. Yeah, he's you know, one of those people might have who, been slipped um, some Gary Coleman juice. Yeah, you know, like there's there's some of those child actors that just look like shit yeah. when they grow up. Aaron uh, Carter. Well, he was an actor, really. No, he was just you know a bitch entertainer. Well, Frankie like Muniz. Frankie Muniz still looks like Frankie Muniz. Yeah, he, he makes does. Excellent yeah. tweets. His head is very boxy. I hope he's doing good. I think he's a tall dwarf. Is that mm. politically correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Let's find out sure. in three episodes from now. Yeah, if we're still here. <laughs> yeah. So, he then began breeding and training hunting dogs for celebrities around 1950. <laughs> I guess cool. he liked dogs and he just wanted to use that skill. Okay, get ready for this one. This is fun. His wife, Diantha. Okay. <laughs> Diantha Collingwood. She was the heiress of the grain elevator family. So the people who made all those, like, um, the shit that brings grains into silos. Yeah. Yeah. Someone in her family made that, and they were a wealthy farming family. Wow, they're so smart that they named their daughter Diantha. Diantha. <laughs> I hope all Dianthas are extinct. That's a horrible oh, yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. if, if, your name if you're listening to this and your name is Dianth, go find your local DMV and get rid of the TH and just be yeah. Diana. Yeah, Diane. THectomy. You're probably a nice person, but come on. <laughs> anyway, so the two met in LA and then got married in Vegas in 1955. By 1956, Alfalfa was getting a little extra work, doing some extras, you know, uh, Hollywood style, but not enough to pay the bills. So Diantha's parents gave the couple a farm in Wichita. Alfalfa was supposed to run the farm. Wants to do that. Where's Wichita and Kansas? Yes. Oh, okay. Isn't there a song about that that Alfalfa wrote? Um, music. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just know the Figaro thing that he did what? in the Barber of Seville. Mm. Have you guys ever seen that no, one? A little that. Alfalfa singing Barber of Seville. That's no. terrible. It, it was very unfunny. E- even as a kid, I was like, "This guy fucking sucks." Yeah, I feel like whenever he showed up on Little Rascals, it just turned into a, like life with Loopy. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can't take that as a compliment. Mm-mm. No. So Alfalfa, as you probably guessed, wasn't much of a farmer. I mean, he grew up in a farm town, but that was only till he was six. Uh, he divorced Diantha and headed back to Hollywood. He bummed around for a while, got a couple more minor roles that kept him afloat, and then ultimately started his dog training business again. Mm. January nineteen fifty eight. While on the way back to his car from a bar in Studio City, someone shot him. Really? <laughs> Holy yeah. fuck. The bullet hit his arm, and we have no idea who it was. Wow. I wouldn't be surprised if it was another rascal, perhaps Scotty. He liked heroin. What the <laughs> fuck? Oh, shit. But that didn't kill him. Uh, tired of getting later, shot at. Tired of being alfalfa and getting chased by little rascals. <laughs> alfalfa needs a place where he can kick it. A place where he belongs. <laughs> You done? Yeah. In December of 1956, he was pinched for cutting down trees in Sequoia National Forest. <gasps> then oh. he, he was given a year's probation and had to pay a fine of $250, which is 2000 in today's money. Ooh, nice. Ooh doggy. 
Yeah, it cut down like 15 pine trees. And I think there were people there. I read a couple things online, but I couldn't get anything solid. But um, a family stumbled upon him and were just like, uh, Ralph Falf. <laughs> well, what does he do when cutting down trees? He's like in the middle of the woods like, I'm fucking alfalfa. Oh, my God. I'm fucking cutting down this tree, dog. Oh, does he still have the same haircut <laughs> his whole life? <laughs> yeah. Imagine a, an adult, a 31-year-old alfalfa with that haircut. <laughs> That's why I pictured him just chopping down cheese. A cheese. Cheese. Drop, chopping down trees and shit. So this is the 50s, and a family pulls over, and they're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're alfalfa. <laughs> you know? uh, All right, ask me how he died. How this dude die? How'd he die, alfalfa? Okay. Yeah, that. Alfalfa was now working at a bar, training dogs on the side for work. He trained a dog for a client named Moses... Samuel Stilts. <laughs> okay. Alfalfa you had You can't Stiltz's... make these names up. <laughs> no. He Alfalfa didn't. had Stilts' dog out on a hunt when the dog ran off after a bear. Wow. The dog was now lost. So Alfalfa posted signs for a reward for $35 for safe return of the dog. Someone had brought the dog into the bar a few days later, and Alfalfa gave the man $35, and then bought him $15 worth of drinks for his troubles. Okay. Alfalfa was really broke at the time. This is $50 collectively, which is about $400 today. Mm -hmm. So he wakes up hungover the next morning and realized that he couldn't afford to pay that money. <coughs> that he already he gave thought, away? He already gave it away. So he decided it was going to be Stilts' responsibility to pay these monies. <laughs> Couple of varying accounts of this incident, but in short, Alfalfa went to Stilts' house pissed off and drunk, threatening Stilts if he didn't pay up that he was going to fuck him up. The two got Alfalfa. into a skirmish and Alfalfa was shot in the dick with a revolver. Oh <laughs> shot in the dick? Dude, yep. that, that, that must happened to Al Capone, too. Yeah, but Al Capone didn't bleed out and die before paramedics arrived. Oh! Did somebody oh. give him a boner? Like, why Why? Why dick bleeding oh, out? Right in the tip, probably. I, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's probably the femoral artery. Something like that, because you can hit the tip of the dick and then the femoral oh. artery with the 38 very oh. easily. No, 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 no. If you, get shot in, if you get shot in the dick, it's basically your will to live. It's kind of like, you know, when there's like oh, that. Yeah, when, there's, when you're in a video game and you're bleeding out and there's like that option to hit like X to bleed out quicker, that's respond. what it is. Yeah, you respond the next day. Yeah, the fuck you no, because if you, if anyone <laughs> of you shoots me in the dick or anyone else ever, yeah, I don't even want to respond. Yeah, no, you don't want to respond. I just want to be killed immediately. Like, that's what oh, I mean. That's uh, a respawn. Dick, Mike, can you curb me real quick? I got you. Thanks. <laughs> that's what I mean. You're like, dude. Oh, just we're on done. the same page. I thought. Yeah. All right. I I, I but, misunderstood but, your your point, which was exactly my point. Yeah, you're bleeding now quicker. You gotta have the vengeance to go at, to detip whoever detipped you, and then you can go out. No, I don't want to do that. I gotta do tip for tip. Dude, it's Hammurabi's no, no, yeah. code, man. Hammurabi's chode. If a gun is in hand and I'm not paralyzed by dicklessness, <laughs> it's just the head. That's a lot, dude. That's the most important part. Really is where you feel everything. Too. What's like, that? Like, imagine someone actually shot you in the dick, and you're in a hospital, and you're like, "Fuck!" Like, you would shoot someone for that? Oh yeah, I'd shoot him in yeah. the head. And I'd take their dick. And put oh, it on wow. you? I would, I would take their dick and I would stretch it over mine. Wow. Dickhead transplant? <laughs> yes, there, there would be stretching involved. <laughs> Understood. So uh, Alfalfa died on the same day as Hollywood legend Cecil B. DeMille, which we're going to do an episode on in the future. 
Um, so when he died, his passing was overlooked entirely by the movie industry. So he was <laughs> wow. forgotten very quickly. Mm. Carl Holy Switzer God. was buried at Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Hollywood, California. On his headstone is one of his dogs. Aww. Mm. People are constantly going to the headstone and vandalizing it, <laughs> drawing the little ring around it to make it look like Petey. <laughs> nice. Did he have that any children good. or? Yeah, he had uh, he had one kid with oh. uh, Diantha. Diantha. But he left him mm, to nice. go train dogs. All right, so that's Alfalfa. Beautiful. Hell yeah. Rest in peace, Alfalfa. It was kind of, I mean, he's kind of a shithead. You fucking dude, he's definitely a definitely shithead. shithead. Welcome to this podcast, Mike. He was definitely birthed from the anal region. <laughs> that's, pre- that's pretty. Like, he's got that, that crazy shit when you're doing that as a kid. That's like a serial killer would do that. Yeah. Like, when people do that, they grow up to be serial killers. And shit. Pretty much. Yeah, and like Travis said before, he looked pretty much the same. He was just like a bone, like you know, bigger boned version of himself. <laughs> bigger bones. I'm gonna look it up. That's all I got. Who wants to go next on this? Oh, well, I will go Thanks. next. Travis, go. Uh, Who's on the chopping block right. for you, Travis? Who's on the chopping block? We have we, block. we have a lady named Dana Whoa. Plato. Whoa. Yeah. You mean like the thinker? Yeah, like the thinker Plato. But no. Dana she, Plato. She was actually Kelly Drummond on Different Strokes. I've never seen that. You've never seen Different Strokes with Gary Coleman? No. What you talking about, Wolves? Yeah, yeah, I know Gary Coleman, but I've actually never sat down and given it the time of day. I think I've mentioned this on this show several times. I'm more of a Good Times fan. Mm. A different Strokes are just different. I don't even know that theme song. But Different yeah. Strokes could happen. This is going to be a very uneducated one. Uh, no, it's oh, ac- perfect. It's very educated. But, um, so while Tom, your guy was... Uh, Alfalfa was a dickhead, right? Uh, Dana, I'm just saying, break out those tissues and make sure that you don't get the crusty ones, right? Because those have been used. Travis, do you not just throw your cum rags out? Rinse, reuse, recycle. Uh, You're fucking weird, Travis. Um, Okay, so Dana was born out of wedlock to Linda Strain in 1964 in Maywood, California. Mm. Now, when she was seven months old, Dana was adopted by Dean and Kay Plato. So that's where Plato nice. comes from. Plato. Cool. Unfortunately, Dean, who owned a trucking business, was like, nah, and then walked out on Dana when she was three, leaving Kay to raise Dana on her own. Oh. Oh, well, that's not nice. No, what no. a mean. So Dang. mean. You know what? Before mean, it's rude. It is rude. If you Don't. own if you own a trucking company, the only thing you should do is buy porn and jerk off alone. Don't get married. Yeah. No, what you gotta do <laughs> Whoa. is send your adopted kid over to China where she won't feel alone by being an orphan. Right? And then separate from your wife. <laughs> yeah, there that's protocol. Thank you. Yeah. Because you what do you you're just tethering them together. Just attach her. At least you're looking out for the kid, you know. So for Dana, her, for Dana's adopted mother, Kay, Dana was her world, right? Like, this is one of those mothers that 
that thought that her child's shit doesn't stink, right? Everything she did was perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, I got I got some bad news for you. You are not the mother, bitch. <laughs> oh, dude, that's rough. Damn, how can what? you be so mean? That was mean-spirited. Every kid has shit that smells, and every mother needs to know it. All right, well, living in the San Fernando Valley, Kay had plenty of opportunities and outlets to show off her child that she had. So by the age of seven, Dana, like many child stars, began work working in commercials. Uh, she was casting about 100 ads growing up. Holy fuck. Which is a lot. That's working your kid a lot. Yeah. And uh, after that, she landed her first role at the age of 11 in the horror film Return to Boggy Creek, which I've never seen, but I assume... Is a sequel? I assume it has to do with someone's asshole. It's definitely got something to do with simple people. Yeah. Um, other early roles were The Exorcist 2 and uh, California Sweet. That's a cool one. Yeah, no, she wasn't like the girl that got possessed. She was just some fucking, I don't know, kid on uh, playground. Oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. She probably got a sure. shirt from it, yeah. Yeah. Um, on top of her acting career, she was a figure skater and a really good one. Uh, she actually won. Nice. She won state and was gunning for play, uh, placement on the U.S. Olympic team. Um, but before she could do that, she was handed the role of a lifetime. Okay. That was Alfalfa. In the 1973 remake of Alfalfa Does It Again. Yeah, Alfalfa Gets a Sex Change. I've seen that. That's one of my favorites. So That's a classic. She auditioned for the gong show. And for the, at this audition, she caught, the, uh, uh, she caught the eye of a producer that was doing the soon-to-be hit Different Strokes. The producer was like, that's Kelly Drummond. And from that point on, Kelly's life changed forever. Wait, he just he just pointed at her. That is her name. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that. Sign her up. I know her name. Put it on a contract. Have her mother sign it. Put that kid in my dumpster. Seven a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> that I kid want that is kid not, on my desk. That kid is not even a human. It's an object. <laughs> and I'm gonna make it work for me like a little wind up monkey with symbols. Yeah, make some money. So, for those of you that don't know what different strokes is, it's different without an e. There's an apostrophe. It's different. Yeah, I know. I know that. So, it's a super influential sitcom that was released in 1978. Um, it's basically about this rich Park Avenue business dude that adopts his housemates' children. But here's the catch: they're black. <gasps> oh my! God. Oh my God! It's kind of like the Whoa. nanny. Well. Know? Uh, who what? was the producer on that, that one? You explain that, Mike. Who's the producer? The yeah, I don't know. The husband Mary was it Norman Lear? I have no clue because he was the guy who did everything perfect with the first four seasons of Good Times. Did he? And I'm looking on the Wikipedia now. I don't see Norman Lear, so this show obviously sucks. <laughs> okay. So Dana played the do no wrong all American white girl that was biologically related to the rich dad, and Todd Bridges and Gary Coleman played the two adopted brothers from Harlem. Gary. And Gary Coleman is actually pretty hilarious on the show. I watched a few episodes. I mean, honestly, though, like sitcom writers, I feel like are the laziest fucking writers in the history of fiction. It's their job. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. Um, just because it's the same episode, rewind to uh, Little Rascals. When MGM bought them shits, and they had... 
Buckwheat standing next to Darla in a shot. Buckwheat. MGM brought it into the, the viewing room and they had to, they had them reshoot it because they didn't want Buckwheat standing next to Darla. Okay, so here's 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 progression, right? Thanks. This is like yes. Oh I'm, my! I'm helping you paint a narrative. Different strokes. It's about equality. It's like, hey, let's all get together. It's about the Fed. It's not about different races. Yeah, that's who's fucking us. So I mean, like influential. Uh, like this was a really yeah. influential show. It's like you know we're coming out of the '70s, right? Like there's still some race tensions, and this is yeah, just definitely. some like fucking rich white dudes. Like I don't know. These are my token black kids that I bought. <laughs> progressive yeah early virtue signaling we see much of it today (laughs) so um dana having been on a pedestal by her mother her almost entire life she was like this now she's like the spotlight of everyone on television right she never had a role this big everyone was tuning in every week and she took up this fame like a sponge but you know when you're like sponging a cast iron pan and it gets all fucking shitty and greasy you know, I can't yeah, take yeah. on any more water anymore. Just yesterday's bacon grease. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I scrape that into the trash usually. That's is, okay. That's exactly what happened to Dana. So it's too all much. Right. All this fame meant all the drugs. Her and Todd Bridges, um, Willis on the show, used to do a lot of coke, a lot of nose candy. So these kids were making twenty five thousand dollars an episode. That's fucking that's, stout. That's a lot of money for drugs. And they were both doing a lot of drugs, both Todd and uh, Dana. I mean, Gary, we don't know so much. We're sure he did his fair share of drugs, but he was, a, he was four years younger than them. Yeah, and forever so, very small. Yeah, he's And when you do drugs small. when you're smaller, guess what? Everyone thinks you're cool. <laughs> you need, you need yeah. less, too, because you're St- smaller in body mass. Steve-o. Yeah. I wish I was small, because then I wouldn't have to drink so much. Why did you say Steve-O? Did you mean we man? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I get those confused. Yeah, we is the man. Well, they do look like, like we man does look like if you squished Steve-O. They have very similar <laughs> facial features. See, I always looked at it as we man or Steve-O looks like if you stretched we man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Travis. The perspective that is so true. Right. Also, for the record, I would love to hang out with those guys. Yeah, me too. Oh, me too. Oh, I want to hang out with all of them except Bam Margera. What? I think I would Bam. I, I don't want like to hang out with Bam. pranks on me all day, though. I, he would he would ask me to get him Diet Cokes. Yeah, he started speaking <laughs> yeah. in like, whatever that language he's been writing on Instagram. Yeah. Enough of this dick house shit. We're yeah. back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, at the age of 14, Dana OD'd on Valium while she was hanging out with her friends. What? Only 14? Luckily, luckily, her mother Kay was downstairs while oh, the girls okay. were popping pills and blowing lines. So Dana was rushed off to the hospital and had her stomach pumped. At 14? Yep. Oh, my God. Um, When she was around 19, she met rock and roll roll wannabe Lanny Lambert. Um, Now, you know, he was one of those hundreds of guys that showed up to L.A., flocked there to join some 80s glam band, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rock and roll. We remember all of them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. I mean, I think that's Skid Row, right? But, like, not the band, just Skid Row. <laughs> yeah, no, that's where, you know, it's just like, hey, uh, well, my band's not doing so good. Can I sleep next to you? You gonna use that needle? <laughs> <laughs> Can I borrow it when you're done? <laughs> well, well, Lenny, yeah! Right into Dana's vagina and got her uh, pregnant. At, what Thanks. was the age right now? No, she was 19. It wasn't, like... Yeah, yeah. It, but Teenage but, pregnancy still. But uh, the producers of Different Strokes saw the lump and was like, yo, dude, you're pregnant. 
Kelly Drummond can't be pregnant because she's America's sweetheart. Remember, she's still playing a role that's younger than who she is, right? Like, yeah. TV time is yeah. slower than real time. Yeah, that's why right. John Travolta plays a 32-year-old today. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the producers fired her ass and wrote her and wrote uh, the story that Kelly went away to school in Florida. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Someone's pregnant in the family? Send them to Florida. Straight well, to yeah, Tallahassee. I mean, this is like the early 80s, like Reagan's coming out. Like, we can't have a pregnant fucking freak pregnant daughter on the show. Send dude, her to Florida. Dude, The, the like, politics aside... The TV Hollywood industry has always been really stuck up about that stuff until it's the, true. until like the the late eighties. It was bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. remember that Frank Sinatra episode? He got in trouble like with the uh, what was it called the Haim or Hayes laws, right? Yeah, because they were all like, "Oh, it's all about family values." You know, if you have family and you're a dad, you got to put a, a cock piece on and sleep <laughs> face down on a different mattress than your wife. He is a bucket of water. You sleep with your head in the bucket of water. That's right. <laughs> See how that works. So yeah. Lanny and Dana had a shotgun wedding in 1984, and the drug bender continued. How was the baby look? Nice. No, uh, baby was a little lumpy, but we'll get into him. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so. Dana found it hard to get work after different strokes, uh, being that she was a crackhead at this point. Oh, no. Um, yeah, it's it's tricky. Yeah, People don't there like was, seeing crackhead on your resume. There were just a, an occasional B-movie, and she'd also do guest appearances on different strokes. She was actually in a movie with Ron Jeremy. Um, uh, uh, uh. I think it was called Miami Beach Babes. I forgot to write it down, but like it wasn't porn. It was like some. Well, I feel like we could do a movie night or something on it. It was looked I, fucking terrible. Okay, if you walk down the street and Ron Jeremy comes walking from the other way, you did porn. <laughs> well, okay, so she did do porn. So this is the yeah. first. This is the first roast I can say, hands down. I've seen my roaster. Taking two dicks. There's if you look up Dana Plato porn. Really? If you look up Dana Plato porn, there is a weird like muffy fucking eighties. Is it produced or is it a home video? Uh, So okay, so at this point in the eighties, it's pictures. It was in one of those smut mags. Okay. Right. Okay. Tom, you're looking it up. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, we, we can see we can see like web page like the glow of web pages lighting up. You see that your background? Oh yeah, yeah. She there she is. Paint picture. Oh, there's a few different dicks. Yes, yeah, two dicks. Wow. <laughs> two dicks, one lady. Some That's... There's two dicks near her mouth. There's two dicks near her uh, vagina and mouth. That's a lot of... That's, no two dicks in the vagina, though. There, there's kind of um, there's a unspoken rule about this whole industry. As long as you've only had one dick in your asshole at a time, you still you haven't yeah. lost your virginity. <laughs> So she's a virgin. Yeah, she's a virgin. Like I mean, you can yeah. have sex with a bunch a of mother dicks. As virgin. long as there isn't two cocks in the ass at once, <laughs> you're good. You, you good. still got you're your good. virginity. <laughs> okay, so so card. so Kay, Dana's mom, her her step her um, foster mom mm-hmm. or adopted mom, yep. was diagnosed with a terminal illness. Yikes! And why'd you laugh? <laughs> why well, I laughed? Uh, yeah. So Kay, uh, D- Dana was not taking it very well. 
You know, she had pretty much, this is a sad part, she had pretty much been abandoned by everyone in her life, you know, right? Like, Even Lenny? Uh, Well, we'll get to him. So during Kay's stay in the hospital before she died, Dana visited her all yacked up and told her, hurry up and die already. Oh, don't, <laughs> nice. don't, don't go to hospice all yacked up. It's the yeah, 80s, yeah. Mom. It's all about fast cars and fast death. Get it yeah. on. So in 1988, uh, Dana got her wish and Kay died. And a few days later, Dana split up with Lanny. Um, and Lanny won full custody of her kid. Ooh. So she abandoned <laughs> Rockstar her Rockstar custody. Yikes. Yeah. Jeez. Tremendous. So despite all the money that she earned from different strokes, Dana was broke. She claimed that an accountant had robbed her of $11 million. But let's be honest. We all Whoa. know where, she, where that went. <laughs> I've done the math before. There's no way you can spend $11 million on any controlled substance. Uh, yeah, but there's also other things you can spend your money on, Doug. You can spend your money on a whole oh, pudding full of j- jacuzzis. And this is uh, also timeshare. Po- po- post-pornography? Yeah, but this was like a little smut mag. She wasn't making the big bank like these girls do nowadays. Very like surprised. Very, very yeah. surprised that that didn't pull in serious bank. Mm. And also, they couldn't do uh, one of those parody porn movies called Different Strokes. We know. Uh-huh. We did it. Tom, oh, you're the history Probably predictor. Like we will get there. We will get there, I'm sir. sorry, man. I'm jumping the gun, and I have yeah. no idea what the hell you're talking about. How does one jump a gun on knowledge the way I do? So, yeah. so Kelly, I didn't, I didn't you guys are very earlier, lucky but... to have me on the podcast. I'll, I'll yeah, say, I, I said it once before. I'll say it again. So Kay left her a trust fund of $150,000 when she died. It was basically like, I see what my daughter's doing. She's perfect, but like I'm going to set off $150,000. So Dana immediately spent that on a boob job and bought more Coke. Now with her new knockers, she went on Playboy just to show off them new titties of the world. And this was, I mean, like the porn was kind of like under the table, right? Like not everyone knew about the porn, but... A lot of people knew about Playboy. So this was like a real shocking thing because Kelly Drummond was like this sweet girl. And now she's June 1989's Playboy model. Girls next you know? door, man. I'll look at this up. I look it up. All right. We're all looking up. at porn yeah. during this episode. This is ridiculous. There's so much porn looking up. The Kelly. I already got my fix. I have a, I have a steel trap of a mind. Of a, so I, I've already retained it. I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I just want to know if the boobs are good. Well, don't look up, don't look up Kelly Drummond. Look up Dana Plato. Oh yeah, why did I do that? Yeah, look up uh, Dana Plato triple anal. <laughs> I've yet to see that one. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah. So within two years, Dana was flat broke again. And Cody moved- is fucking dead hard right now. Yeah, he's I so can see yeah, his hard. eyes. I can see but, his Skype wait, wait. eyes. She's pretty hot. When Travis said flat broke, he didn't mean flat boobied broke. No, she's got a lot of wealth in the booby. Not yeah, you know, you know. wealth chested flat broke. Yeah. So when Boob you get rich, a wallet poor. Yeah, when you get a boob job and you were famous, where do you move? You move to Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah. dude. Wait yeah. tables. Yeah. So yeah, no. Instead of waiting tables, Dana worked as a dry cleaner. Oh nice. What the fuck? Larry <laughs> yeah. Flint was alive. He could have right? helped you out. This was before he got shot. (laughs) So uh, one day, Dana was really hard up on cash. So she went to a video store 
with a pellet gun and robbed the cashier. Oh, what? The, the amount in the till was only $164. Uh, when yeah. Dana left the store with the money, the employee called 911 and the clerk told dispatch, I've just been robbed by the girl who played Kelly on different strokes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Dude, why why is she sticking up a video store? She could have just yeah. went to any fucking Joe Schmo in town and stuck up a dick. It's called right. a ski mask too, you know? She got $164. She could have just gone to the Flamingo Hotel and been like, hey, 200 bucks. Yeah, I'm getting a little bloge. I'll have a good yeah, time. Right? I'm still a virgin. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so 15 minutes later, Dana returned to the video store and was arrested, which is kind of weird. Return? I, I think that she was doing, like, in, from hearing, like, the, the uh, A&E bio that I watched about her, nice. <laughs> a right. lot of people think that she was just doing it about, like, publicity. Plub- Publicity, which is one of the okay. reasons why she went to a video store. So people be like, "Oh, that's oh. different strokes, lady." Ah, oh. perfect. Those people have eyes; they can tell. Yeah. So Wayne Newton, who is one of those Vegas crooners, he's basically a, yeah. a Sinatra wannabe. No, dude, right. he's something else, man. He's more of a football wannabe. If you look at his face, <laughs> he does look like a football. Yeah, yeah. he's tanned. <laughs> Him and Burt Reynolds are in a league of their own. They, you know, they go. <laughs> They got <laughs> football, <laughs> you know. So, so Wayne Newton posted her bail of thirteen thousand dollars. We don't, we don't really know why he did it. Maybe he got a beach out of it. I don't know, but because well, he had three he, dicks. Yeah, apparently <laughs> he did. So, in the nineteen nineties, Dana continued her continued to act, but in some not so conventional ways. Uh-huh. Now, uh-huh. in nineteen ninety two, she starred in the video game Night Trap. Oh, cool. Have, have you heard oh, yeah. of Night Trap? Oh, yeah, shit. Heard it. It's horrible. Really? Night Trap is horrible. Yeah, so Night Trap was on the Sega CD, and it was one live of those... Action. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was one of those weird live-action video games, right? It's basically like a choose-your-own-adventure, yeah. um, but with home but invasion. I've seen the Angry Video Game Nerd episode <laughs> yep. of that. Wow. So yeah, Kel- Kelly was in that. <laughs> so, well, there- how would you... Imagine, um, was it Until Dawn in its like most basic, shitty, like stripped huh. down? Gotta start somewhere. Uh, format for the Sega CD. It's, right, it's garbage. Well, you can't you can't do the graphics like you could do now. So they just filmed it, but it was also like really yeah. pixelated and shit. Yeah. yeah, like GIF, GIF quality <laughs> shit. Wow, you know, good for her because that's uh, this is changing video games as we know them. Well, it really did because um, this, the thing that made this game so notable was that it actually was used on the Senate, Senate committee hearings about video game violence. Oh, you mean with uh, Tipper Gore? Name? Chipper Gore. Tipper Gore. Yeah, so, yeah. so Chipper Night Gore, Trap. My favorite person. Yeah, Night Trap along with Mortal Kombat were oh, like one of the big things. Now, there's no blood in Night Trap, but Tipper Gore and her cronies said that. It was b- promoting gratuitous violence and sexual aggression against women. Oh, yeah. I well, mean, it was. Well, f- fucking Tipper Gore is absolutely one of the dumbest people anywhere near <laughs> politics. She, it's true. Like, what, no, what was that? It. That Frank Zappa instrumental album. She oh, put Jazz a, from uh, Hell. Yeah, she, she put yeah. A, a parental advisory on it. And it's like, it's a no fucking words. instrumental album. What the yeah. fuck could they be saying to you? you like, you one of the songs idiot. is like, says something about a g-string as a title but it's like it's not in the music yeah it's gonna make you want to smoke weed 
It's so sad what happens. Also, Night Trap is not future-proof, because Night Trap today means something very, very different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? What does that mean? I don't follow. You don't follow? Oh, the music! Night no. Trap. No. <laughs> the music? Pfft. No, Night Trap is like when you go out, and you're yeah. out with the boys, and you're like looking for a girl to hook up with. And you do, you, you find a girl at the bar and you're hanging out and it's nighttime and then all of a sudden she's got a penis. Oh. <laughs> trapped. You've been trapped, sir. Trapped. You've been trapped. You've bamboozled. It's a trap! That's no one's fault. That's no one's fault. I'm not, no. No. I'm not slighting anyone, but, you it's know. It's just expectations weren't aligned is all. Yeah. Night trap. Well, you got to check for the Adam's apple. You really do. That's the, that's the good Look at the hands. Yeah, Look at the, the hands. hands. Look for the follicles. I always go for the Adam's apple. I mean, if you're into because. the Adam's apple, go by all means, dude. If you're into it, you're into it. Yeah. I got no problems. My yeah. kinky brothers, get out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Oh, as long as. But, but you know. The, honesty, honesty. The term trap is for uh, the ignorant. Right. You've yes. been deceived in Which a way. Which is why we're using it. So, yeah. so right. She's, she's in Vegas. She's drug addicted. She, she's super hot. Uh, where does that lead <laughs> besides your, you know, your, your maybe some porn shoots, right? That leads to some softcore sexual '90s porn, the shit that oh, you would worst. try to unscramble on your TV back in the oh, early yeah. 2000s. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Channel 93. Yeah. So she did softcore porn, but she always referred to it as like artistic erotic B movies. She never ah. like could admit to that it was like it's kind of like a porn. Dance. Right. It is a dance. It's a it's a gyration of spiritual abilities. It's a gyrate right out of the clothes. Yes. Yeah. So she starred in a, <laughs> a few of them. One of them was called Prime Suspects. The other one was Compelling Evidence. And the last one had Fuck a very clever title that Tom already gave away called Different Strokes without the <laughs> oh, apostrophe. Oh, got it. Yay. <laughs> wow. Nice. Like I said, you guys are welcome. I'm going to keep doing the podcast with you guys. I'll stick on it. Okay. So Thank the, you. the full title was Different Strokes Without the Apostrophe. The story of Jack and Jill, dot, 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 and Jill. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, oh my oh. So I don't know whether they're going for different strokes or a fairy tale. It's kind of Yeah, it's all over the place. There. No, that. it's different strokes because one Jill gets a stroke and then the other one. They're two different people. They have yeah. personalities. They're different sizes. Yeah, so there was like some lesbian shit going. I watched the scene. She's like kind of swimming around this pool with another lady, and she's like, "You know hey, what? Nice. Like the man is like, oh, it's so mean." And like then she gets in the shower with her. Like softcore porn, you never actually see any fucking cool shit. Just titties. You know what I mean? Well, titties Ooh, are but, cool, but um, yeah, they definitely let you down. Yeah. So she was actually interviewed by the lesbian magazine called Girlfriends. Where she officially came oh. out, only <gasps> to redact the statement, saying oh. that she was never gay. She's like, no, 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 never gay. Gay, but gay. not gay. So then she got an, engaged to the porn director named Fred Potts, only to break it <laughs> off. And then she got an, engaged to her, in quotes, manager, and moved into her, his motorhome in Florida. Oh, nice. <laughs> I want my manager to live in a motorhome. Any uh, motorhome enthusiasts who live out there and want to manage Russ Morton Podcast, hit us up. We <laughs> got room on your home. I hope you have room on your roster. Come drive here. <laughs> We're going to fill that propane tank every month up for you. Ooh. All right, so ask me the question. How did this boy girl die? Boy girl? There's no boy girls. I know, I just... <laughs> I'll do it again then. Fine. <laughs> Fuck you. How'd this so, girl die? It's 100% this isn't a woman. night trap. She wasn't night trap. She was in night trap. 
It's different. Yeah. Okay. How okay. did this girl die? So in 1999, some promoter in New York convinced Dana to go on the Howard Stern show. Great call. To promote a festival that he was throwing in Chicago with the headliner of Motorhead. Cool. <laughs> Sick. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. It didn't seem like she was very into metal so much. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go on Howard Stern. I'm going to be at the show. All I'm right. Totally so going to be at the show. I, I'm an authority on this. Motorhead. Most yeah. influential metal band, but not metal. That shit's rock and roll. Interesting. That, okay. That's extreme rock and roll. It's not metal. Metal is fucking, you know what? Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for opening my mouth. <laughs> All good. Uh, okay, so um, she goes to this show on the Howard Stern show, and right. she starts immediately lying that she had been clean for decades, right? And this is like she had been in and out of rehab. She was on Maury and you know Maury Pulvich at one point wow. in the early nineties, okay. wow. saying that she like was clean. I, I gotta go, or I'm on drugs. I need to go get fixed up, right? Like all this shit. Okay. Um, so, like, the people knew that she wasn't clean. She was just a fucking junkie. So, right. callers started calling in, and they this, these are New York callers. They are vicious. Oh, good. They're calling her a crackhead and a liar. Like, really heavy stuff. I listened to this episode. She's, like, crying at some point. Stern is, like, telling his fans to, like, cool it, but secretly he's, like, jerking off, like, yeah, this is great more. stuff. More, Ratings. more. Yeah. It's great yeah. radio. Um... So Dana actually volunteered to do a drug test at some point where she plucked her, her hair out and handed it over to Baba Booey. Um, but later after the show, she asked for the hair back because oh, let's be honest, again. she was not clean. So the following day, which was Mother's Day, her and really? her fiance slash manager were driving their motor home to Cali. They stopped in Oklahoma um, at his mother's house. Uh, she was going to call her son, uh, the lumpy boy I had mentioned before. How lumpy yeah. was he? He was kind of scale lumpy. one to the hand. Um, he was she was he was kind of lumpy. But then he is then it Haley Joel he had, Osmond? He had deformities and shit because she was taking drugs. I mean, I saw an interview with him. He's got one of those like extremely long heads. Oh, like a fu- <laughs> okay. like fucking uh, the, head? The, like the pharaohs did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, binding. Are we talking about a little conspiracy right now? <laughs> Head stretch. Maybe Lenny was an alien? <laughs> <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. So uh, instead of calling her son, she did, decided to relax by overdosing on Valium and muscle relaxer pills. Oh, wow. Damn. I see what you In did In a motorhome? It's very relaxing to die that way. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad. I, I kind of feel like being on Howard Stern and being humiliated on air, air is what really did her in. Um, it sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, so Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah. Howard. Well, calling all drug addicts, uh, we know. We know. You can't yeah. hide this. Yeah. You wear I mean, it on your face. You so, can hide it from other drug addicts, but we know. And we're so, judging you. Yeah. And we don't really care if you get help. We just know. Yeah, don't lie about it's it. true. What's the point? Um, just help so uh, just to end this on a real sad note, uh, lumpy, lumpy long boy head never got that phone call from his mom. Aww. And a few years later, he decided to blow his brains out with a shotgun. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> well, that's sad. That's a lot of Extra head. Extra lumpy now. Yeah. 
And that's, that's why you don't have kids if you're not ready to take care of them. Don't <laughs> Thanks, have kids, Mike. Don't do drugs. And don't do drugs when you're pregnant. And easy on the soft core porn. I think yeah, Mike is actually Dr. Phil before he lost his hair. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> Mike, would you like to help people someday? Yes. Yeah. Do you you want to help people? I want to help everybody. <laughs> oh, great. Love All it. Right. All well, right, Travis, that was ridiculous. Yes. Thank um, you. Sad. Ridiculous. I'm a, I'm a little All upset. I know who I'm watching tonight. I'm upset at the lack of uh, triple anal. <laughs> now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right for some. You haven't been doing shit. Ask me who's on the third and final chopping block of this masterclass episode. Who's on the chopping block, Cody? On the third and final chopping block of this masterclass episode, we have the one, the only, Brad Baron Renfro, a.k.a. Almost Too Pretty for Jail, Brad. You know how Brad's be. I have no clue uh, who this guy is. There is actually a reason for that. Uh, movie child actor. You guys both did TV. I Want the High Road. Did a little movie... Movie boy. Oh, uh, Oscar boys. Yeah, yeah. Look yeah. at Cody, movie boy, dainty doody doody. Look at I'm welcome. I'm Oscar. I've got big tits and I'm made out of gold. Look at me. He does have quite the rack. Yeah, he's got some pecs, specimen. dude. He's got some fucking yeah. busty he's got pecs. Nice tits. Uh, before we all start, I want you to know our subject's full name, Brad Baron Renfro, is an anagram for Boner Barf on Radar. His <laughs> name's Boner. What? <laughs> Boner. Boner. Boner barf on radar. It's an That's anagram. That's a hard name to grow up with. It's an anagram, Mike. Uh, uh, your boy Brad was born on July 25th, 1982, Knoxville, Tennessee. And just so you know, Eye of the Tiger, Heat of the Moment, were topping on the charts. E.T. was in theaters, and America was going apeshit over Reese's Pieces. Dude, America's so, still th- going apeshit over Reese's Pieces. If they're not, well, this isn't America anymore. <laughs> We've slipped to the goddamn commies. Yeah. Wait, what just happened? <laughs> We're Dude, China Mike, now. Hold on, Mike. He's the youngest man here. Do you like Reese's Pieces, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Love them. As a ma- oh, okay. Good. 100% good, good American. American. Have, maybe there's... He can stay on the show. Yeah, there's maybe, some hope. Maybe there's some hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, July 25th, 1982. He was born. He fell out of his mother, already addicted to the heroin. Oh. It, Ooh, so it was an one easy of those, slip. One of those babies. That's yeah. not fair. No, it's not. It really isn't. No. Uh, his parents soon after the birth divorced, and he was raised by his paternal grandmother in one of them fine, fancy trailer parks. Wait, was he shit out in a bathroom? Uh, I think he was given birth to in a proper uh, hospital. Because oh, okay. I know heroin addicts, a lot of times, your first breath is being pulled out of the toilet. Have a bathtub, baby. Yeah. He was a proper pothead at the age of nine, which is too young. Too young for me. It eases the joints. <laughs> you, the baby <laughs> nine-year-old joints you have. Where do you, you talk? Know, yeah, class. we already talked about that. You can throw fucking nine-year-olds off a fucking cliff. And they can get hit by and a bus be before they hit the asphalt. And they'll just walk it off. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they're not poisoned. So just imagine a pothead nine-year-old. Okay. Indestructible. Fucking Superman. Sublime t-shirt. Bulletproof. Full stoned. Yeah. Are you describing Freakazoid <laughs> on the WB-11? I am now, yes. Okay. Dexter Douglas. Uh, 
His first joint was offered to him by his junkie heroin addict of a mom. And uh, he was, uh, it says expelled, but I think it was actually, I think he was suspended from high school when he lit up in front of a school official. Keeping it real, man. Keeping it real. Keeping it grounded. Sticking it to the man. Can I get a yeah. hall puff puff pass? Oh! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> see my Smoke a weed. So some, <laughs> so, some people believe Hollywood chews up kids and spits them out all fucked up. Although that is entirely true, I want everyone here to know that Renfro started as a mook. He was already fucked up. It wasn't Hollywood that fucked him up, but Hollywood sure worked its magic on him and exacerbated the process. Wait a minute. What's a mook? You can't call him a mook. mook you can't is call a him a mook. Brain. Mook. Oh mook. yeah. <laughs> smooth brain. Smooth yeah. brain mook. Well, I mean, no, was- wouldn't that also be Hollywood doing their damage on a on a vulnerable young gentleman? Oh, yeah, 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 but it's not planting the seed. He was okay. already a shitty guy before he even... Well, not even by even choice, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, he chose to smoke the weed. He, he, hadn't, he didn't have yeah, to say... His mom the gave heroin. it to him. Nine-year-olds don't make Say choices. no to your mom. I mean, why not? If Hitler was nine years old, they would have let him off the hook. <laughs> yeah, give him time out. For the yeah. entire genocide thing? Yeah, exactly. He's only nine. What are you going to do? Punish him? Okay. <laughs> Send him to now, his room. Make him fold pillowcases. A slap for, a for every Jew you killed. That's a in lot of the slaps. rear. <laughs> He's just gonna be paraplegic. After <laughs> yeah, <that>. right. <laughs> what happened to you, kiddo? I got slapped seven to eight million times. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the gypsies, which was a real anus. Oh, anus punching for the gypsies. <laughs> All right. So what? What? Uh, what anti-drug uh, craze is going around at this time? If uh... is this Nancy Reagan? Just say no. <gasps> is it? Is it Dare? Yeah. Dare. Dare. Mike, what does Dare stand for? Uh, yeah. That's don't what I always read everything. <laughs> Mike, did you even have Dare <laughs> growing wow, up? Oh, perfect. Do you know what Dare is, dude? <laughs> don't always read everything, man. <laughs> I know this was dare, and this was keep kids off drugs underneath. <laughs> All right, somebody help him out. What's dare stand for? Wait, no, but I this actually is don't ser- know. This is a serious. No, no, but this is a serious question, though, Mike. Did you do dare when you were a kid? I just remember seeing that shirt. I don't remember. Oh, wow, he didn't. He do didn't dare. do dare. I remember I had a health class where they talked about some stuff, and they're like, "Don't do these drugs." I was okay. at a private school where yeah. they told us that clay was the same as bricks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get dare either. I went to science school. <laughs> All right, at the age of 10, he's doing D.A.R.E., and that's drug abuse, resistance, education. <laughs> he's got, like, that crazy uh, lion mascot, and he's always he's got the 90s attitude with his arms crossed, and he's like, D.A.R.E. to keep kids off of drugs. Do you think that the, so, the Tiger and Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652, had gay sex? That's a serious oh, question. They, a little frottage. Okay, a little frottage. We all frot. Well, Frottage cheese. It's easier because no one circumcises lions and tigers. <laughs> I don't. He's doing a dare class. He gets in trouble and he gets, you know, ejected from the class by um, police officer Dennis Bowman. And I want you to remember that name, Dennis Bowman. He's the retired police officer doing the dare thing to this class. Gets Renfro gets his ass kicked out. Uh, even though he's a troublemaker, cop Dennis Bowman uh, is a little fond of the kid. He's like, hey, I'm pulling for you, kid. You're going to make it even though you're an asshole in my class. Uh, you just you just need the right chance to come along in your life, and everything will click. 
It sounds like Dennis Bowman's going to rape this kid. <laughs> it does. He does not. Spoilers. Oh, okay. Hey, I'm kicking you out of the class, but I'm going to keep an eye on you. So, you know, yeah. you know I hope Dennis. Your parents don't. Dennis, Dennis <laughs> Bowman got the layup, but yeah. he did not slam dunk. <laughs> we can argue after all this. He did something far worse to him. Okay. Than, 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 than touchies. Uh, Dennis, the dare officer, was forward a casting letter. Pretty much asking, do you know of any charming fuck-ups? We need those for a movie. And Dennis is like, oh, yeah, I got this charming fuck-up of a kid. His name is Brad Renfro. And Dennis handed the casting letter to Brad, you know, <laughs> one of his fucking students in a dare class. You're, you're fucked up. You're, you're, you're charmingly fucked up. Though. It's like a backhanded like, compliment, kind of. Yeah. You know? But, like, you know what I mean? Like, the cop, Dennis, is just trying to get you know, this kid's life to click because he's a pothead, yeah. he's getting kicked out of school, he's getting ejected from dare classes. So it's like, here's something that might let you get a little traction in your life. So if a kid is having a hard time with drugs, send them immediately to Hollywood. Yeah. Get him in there, man. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood, in Hollywood there. is one of the cleanest places you can go. Yeah. It's like so a it's dare Hollywood officer. and then youth group. You will get touched <laughs> at both. A dare <laughs> officer suggested a troubled preteen hit up the Hollywood scene to straighten his life out with all its pretty party scenes and drugs that flow like wine. Mm. And so by the age of 10, he was discovered... Let me try that again. By the age of 10, he was discovered by Joel Schumacher. He was solicited from a pool of 5,000 boys to star in the Hollywood flick, The Client. Does anyone remember that? Nope. No. I was Perfect. Alive, yeah, Good. I think. Joel Schumacher, he did... Uh, what is it? Schindler's List. I think so, yeah. yeah. That's a sad movie. Going back to Nazi Germany. <laughs> a lot of Nazi stuff that's totally not actually founded in this story. Well, yeah. It's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. Yeah, that's why we'll never tired. do Hitler. Don't say that. We gotta keep him hoping. Mm. Yeah. String him along. Oh my god, Hitler only ate beans? <laughs> <laughs> There's like a new kids uh, Nazi movie coming out. I forgot what it was called. Like Roger something. New kids in the Nazis? Yeah, no. it's like a bunch of kid Nazis in a movie. Yeah, New it was like Hitler Youth, and then like a kid has like the imaginary friend of Hitler. Yeah. I forgot what it was called. Like, it's it's, it has nothing to do with Nazis. What are we talking yeah, about? To do with Keep Nazis. going, dude. Yeah. yeah okay. I don't even Get back know. into Renfro. Uh, this is ridiculous. The client. Renfro would star in The Client, and that's got Susan Sarandon and Tommy Lee Jones in it. Great. Uh, Renfro was chosen because he had a ruggedness that was beyond his years. This probably in part due to his first-hand uh, pot experience and his second-hand heroin experience. So dank. All before he was, you know, still uh, single-digit in the age department. Yeah, still I can imagine it. a lot of babies coming out of heroin moms and doctors yeah. going, Congratulations, it's a four-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, Renfro's character was to be cast as a delinquent trailer park boy, so it fucking lines up perfectly dude so he's like a method actor right he like goes into the oh, trailers so he lives just there right? <laughs> not so, much of a choice <laughs> so method acting uh renfro's character is introduced as a trailer park boy co covertly smoking a cigarette in the woods this is like the first time you see the character the character's name is mark sway now usually a casting director auditions the talent with either the most pivotal character scene or their character introduction scene. So it's entirely likely that Brad auditioned using this cigarette character setup scene. This setup scene. And Schumacher was like, wow, this kid really knows how to be a moody delinquent while handling a cigarette. 
So he was basically just outside smoking a cigarette next to a dumpster. Yep. And Schumacher's just... And Schumacher walks out and goes, oh my god, my face is so shiny. I love this You really this know kid. how to smoke that cigarette. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, this is a cigarette. This is, puts it out this really is why I should have grown up in L.A., because I would have been smoking a cigarette, sucking down a hot taquito outside of a 7-Eleven. And fucking Daniel Day-Lewis's granddaughter would be like, oh, you ever seen a movie with Daniel Day-Lewis in it? You're going to be in rock star movies. And I'd be like, fuck yeah, Got dude. It. I'm it. Let me, let me show you how I eat this taquito. I mean, in another world, Travis is definitely living in L.A., just sucking down <laughs> taquitos. taquitos and fucking... I like that idea. Dude, you haven't had a real taco until you get it from, uh, you know, someplace over here. Dude, the real tacos are here. at 7-Eleven <laughs> and Burger it's King Dollar Taco. Oh, no, not... I refuse to try that. And that's your yeah. middle-of-the-country heritage <laughs> coming to Long Island. And then getting kicked out to Portland. Because I know Travis. I've seen Travis do this a million times. He goes to 7-Eleven. He picks up a taquito. He oh, goes so good. To, and then he goes to a bagel store, puts it in the hole. Yeah. I didn't think of that. It's and then, cream cheese? And then spins it like a top in it, his mouth. It's sexual, dude. I mean, I let me tell you, I come every time I eat it. <laughs> you, you're coming right now thinking about it. I've seen you driving and eating a taquito. That's dangerous. Dude, uh, you just wait for yellow. You wait for yellow lights, then you come and you just fucking put your foot down on that pedal. <laughs> on the red light, <laughs> you just pray to God while you're coming. <laughs> all right, well, hey, all right. Keep just... talking to me about Brad refried beans and Renfro. Schumacher. Renfro Schumacher's done. Schumacher stated, "Talent is God given, and intelligence is God given, and humor is God given. So we are just lucky to find Brad." Renfro masterfully wore his thespian hat and for the very first time, and he got much accolades and much praise in the result. Uh, reporters and fellow actors claimed Renfro was on track to be the very next James Dean, Leonardo DiCaprio, or Brad Pitt. Yeah, all those people are somewhat retarded. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, they have to be. <laughs> They're in Hollywood, Mike. They're not doing podcasting like you and me. Leonardo DiCaprio... Eight, uh, won an Oscar for eating a fish because he was a vegan. Look at him go. But he's good looking, you know. That's, that's what fucking dude. Gets him the votes. A good looking, smooth brain votes. can go a long way. Yeah, yeah. but he—he he, was pretty. Good. How, I never how smooth do you think? Judge. You've been using that term a lot, Tom. How smooth do you think my brain is? You're semi-smooth, dude. I you got I, you got some points in there, dude. I'm rough ruffles with ridges, right? For her pleasure. For her pleasure. Yeah, I'm like if you took a ruffles. And just put it in a tube as a condom. All right? There's a lot of ridges. As far as I'm concerned, a lot of people are pretty smooth-brained. Um, I, myself, probably got a touch of it. Uh, What's a smooth brain? <laughs> Do you not know? Do <laughs> <laughs> right, I have it? You, yeah, you got a bad case of smooth brain. Damn, I got the I, smoothest. <laughs> I, I would get that checked out. All right, let's get back into yeah, Renfro. Sorry. sorry. We, we we made it about a sentence before I got into smooth brain territory. Your boy Renfro bagged a bunch of awards and nominations. He won the Young Star Award twice. This, among other things, opened the door for him. He got roles in Tom and Huck, Sleepers, uh, the Nazi uh, movie Apt Pupil. A lot of Nazis tonight. Hmm. Uh, he starred in a grand total of 21 full features over his life, and he'd go on to work alongside the likes of Johnny Knoxville, Kevin Smith, 
Ian McKellen, Robert De Niro, Kevin Bacon, Brad Pitt, and Scarlett Johansson. Wait, how have I, I never of heard of people. this guy? If he was in t- I'm gonna tell 21 you. movies with yeah, Kevin Smith. Just, like, Kevin Smith only does fucking... Was he in Clerks or some shit? <laughs> yes, he was in Clerks. The Silent Bob? Yeah. Uh, there's a reason you don't know about him. Uh, and there's, there's, two re- there's two, like reasons coupled together why no one knows about him because he was um, a pretty boy in a crowd and uh the second reason is near his death and we'll talk about okay uh what eclipsed his death uh was it 9-11 no it was 9-11 okay it was uh something some smooth brands would call far more tragic Oh, it's far more uh, tragic than 9 11. Fucking great term. This is, yeah. yeah. Does that mean I'm retarded? I got to give uh, credit to my buddy Sam Sherrick, who uh, exposed me to the world of smooth brain. Uh, <laughs> Tom is up. Check out his, Tom band has his fingers God. on the pulse. Fantas- yeah, oh. Smooth brain. <laughs> you think the jokes stop here? <laughs> yeah, so Renfro. Fucking smooth brain. Yeah. Yeah. Here's where our subject begins to lose uh, the grip he's got on his life. So he was a little bit fucked up before Hollywood, but here's like a tipping point exacerbated by Hollywood. Um, after his introduction to stardom, why the fuck are we giggling? It's okay. Tom's being a little after, child. I did a visual gag. After his introduction to stardom, he first got drunk at the age of 11. He started oh. using heroin himself at the age of 12. Whoa! And he lost his virginity at the age of 13 <laughs> wait, by a wait. Hollywood lady pedophile. Wrong wait. order. Dude. Heroin on his own? Dude. Yeah, yeah, because his mom, you know, started him off in the womb. Oh, I thought she was, like, giving it to him or some shit. <laughs> yeah, so what were you guys so. doing when you were 12 fucking years old? Heroin? I was making bad choices, but not that bad. I was... Oh, no, I was younger. I was going to say, I was, like, hitting pogs or, like, doing yo-yos. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I tried yeah. to smoke oregano with my friend Pete when I was 12. How'd that work out? I have a napkin. It just didn't work at all. Well, yeah, because you were smoking <laughs> oregano. <laughs> yeah, it was from my uh, technology class. It was on the bottom of my locker. It was the last day of school. That was nice. The, that's, that's why you're the most Italian person on this show. Hey! hey you're, like, most I Irish, but, in my blood. you know. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to watch the man show and not get caught. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Dude, I was using uh, that you know Adam Carolla. That fucking yeah. asshole who played piano and then drank beer really fast. I was like, that's the guy I want to be. Oh, Red Fox, right? Uh, was that his name? That was his stage name. Like, uh, Okay, because Red, Red Fox was another comedian that we might cover. Yeah. Okay. So just because it was mentioned, I googled man show and started yeah. looking at the images. And I, I don't like Jimmy Kimmel. But I do like Jimmy Kimmel in blackface doing Carl Malone. Carl Malone. No yeah. one remembers that, dude. That was no such, one fucking, that is such that. a good bit. I remember like, Carl Malone don't invest in no Dow Jones. He put his money in his socks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that shit was he's great. Got, he's got like that fucking buff suit yeah, on. Yeah, but now Jimmy Kimmel's part of the, uh, you know, super liberal elite that's like blackface, not yeah. good. Yeah, no. Blackface. They every credits there were like chicks like bouncing on trampolines. Yeah. You remember that? He's trying to do this SJW stuff, and it's just like, all right, if if that's who you are, that's who you are. But at the same time, you were the best Carl Malone ever. <laughs> Better this than is, Carl himself. How is that bad though to do that? Doing blackface? I don't know, Mike. Is it bad? I was re- Mike, I was rewatching. Why don't you tw- uh, you ever seen white, white chicks in the movie? Is two black dudes playing? That's not black, two white dude. Oh, I mean, check your but, but check your a- privilege, Mike. Check your yeah, privilege, Mike. 
<laughs> as long as he's not being anything like, like, yeah, but was he like, just like making fun of him? Yeah, he was. Oh, he was I making fun of Carl Malone. Yeah, the person. Not doesn't know who Carl Malone is. Probably. He's the mailman. You taught jazz, amigo. All right, let's keep going. All right, I got it. That'll I'm be sorry. an outtake bit. <laughs> hey, don't 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 put that in. I'm putting it in, dude. <laughs> no, don't do it. It's all getting put in, Michael. I'm not racist. By the age of 15, ready for this, Renfro and his cousin were arrested and charged with the drug, the druggy possession. Renfro was caught with a baggie of weed in his sock. And now you may be asking, in his sock? Why in his sock? Why didn't he keep the pot in his pockets? And the simple answer is because he kept the cocaine in his pockets. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, well, you know. So, Oh, I thought he may have... I thought he may have put it in his sock because that's where Carl Malone keeps his money. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's very, very astute banking from Carl Malone there. So a, a secret knowledge from someone I learned when I was younger, someone I learned, to keep all the drugs, you buy tidy whities you keep all the drugs in that weird pocket part in your tidy whities Oh, the, the nether front? region? Because then if a, a dog's sniffing your junk, right, they're like, oh, I don't know, oh, I'm fucking, okay. I have a lot of testosterone, dude. I just cream my pants. <laughs> like dogs love this to smell junk. This dog is obviously craving to be around a real man. <laughs> and gay. Officer. <laughs> yeah. Officer Bendover. I mean, that's something I heard from a friend a long time ago. All right. So do you guys agree with this maneuver? Uh, I mean, no. socks, coke uh, no. in pockets. Like, he was, would, you, he, would you swap that? I'd swap that out. No, he was caught. So he loses either way. It was just yeah. dumb. He, yeah. Both in the of soul. Them gets... For the weed in the soul. Soul, soul of the, the shoe. shoe. Gotcha. So he plea bargained out of this miraculously. He's got cocaine in his fucking pockets. Uh, and he opted out for some random screenings and searches every now and then by police officers uh, to get a slap on the wrist, you know, thrown back into Dare. <laughs> so again, Dare used as a solution here. Worked the first time, didn't it? Thanks, Reagan. Yeah, we're totally. The first <laughs> time it gave him a career. This time it gave him jail. No, you didn't go to jail. No, but it will. It will. Because I'm, I'm the his, historian predictor. <laughs> History predictor. I, I feel like that one mix. was less impressive, Tom. Shut up, <laughs> Travis. I have a quota. He was on top of the entertainment industry, and then he wasn't. Soon after his like fallout, roles became less and less. He got mixed up into some straight-to-VHS productions, and then he was doing commercials. Uh, cool fact to what I learned with his commercials, he played... Uh, Officer Leon Scott Kennedy in a live-action Resident Evil 2 advertisement oh, cool. that only saw the light of day in the glorious Japan. Really? Oh. So, yeah. Uh, he's Big he, in Japan. It was, it, it was very strange. It's like, that guy's one of my favorite action like characters in one of my favorite franchises. He didn't say, didn't say a fucking word. Totally no lines. Just running from zombies with a, a stand-in Claire. I just imagine the director being like, uh, or him going like, what do you want me to say? Like a resident, resident of the evil. No, Travis. No. And he's like, it's I don't know. Biohazard. Resident I don't know. He's in the land of the rising Brad. Okay. He could have played Brad and from fucking Resident Evil. Come on. There you go. Uh, he might have totally unconfirmed. This is me speculating. But uh, while he was being uh, Leon Scott Kennedy for this commercial, he might have uh, uh, had some hanky-panky with uh, a Japanese lady. 
but we'll get into that uh, later on. But uh, just keep in mind, uh, I think it, it was shot in Japan. So he's like, been shot he's an US, adult like, now, or is he still a child? Yeah, he's 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 like in his late teens, seventeen early 20s. adult. Okay, seventeen. Uh, and at the same time, uh, when he was in some court troubles, nineteen ninety eight. A uh, 17-year-old Brad was caught screaming at his mother outside of a courthouse over the fact that his mom caught him with a lighter. And it's kind of strange because, like, his mom was, like, a heroin uh, lady that gave him his first, like, smoke of weed. And she caught him with a lighter, and they're flipping out over it. That's my lighter. I don't know you. (laughs) Why is that lighter white? Are you bringing disrespect and failure to (laughs) our family? Yeah. What, do you want to die before the age of 27? Uh... Passerby reporter, <laughs> yes, Tom, predicting history. Uh, oh. Passerby reporter uh, J. Miles Carey interjected, seeing this uh, F-bomb slinging go off, and uh, Carey screamed, you can't talk to that like your mother, and, you know, snapped a picture. Renfro pulled that classic, classic, super classic 90s move of just grabbing his crotch and just being like, oh, hey, get out, Michael get Jackson. away from me. Dude. <clears throat> A little more disrespectful like than close Jackson. to a suck it, like clay, like da- dice clay. Uh, yeah, there you because go. Because Michael Jackson used to grab his groin, but in protection, because he didn't want anyone <laughs> you know, to from see all his the little really children. dark tip. But <laughs> it would give away his heritage. Dice was like suck it. He's a handful hey. of the truth. Oh <laughs> man, he, he gave like the 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 more obscene suck it gesture. There's a lesser obscene suck it gesture, but he was like. You know, suck it, and then continued to sling f bombs to his mother and the reporter. Uh, look, you know, went over all over the fucking tabloid. It was very dire. And here's my favorite escapade of Brad Renfro. Just two years later, or one year later, when he was 18, he thought it would be just a great idea to team up with his uh, friend Coke dealer and hijack a 45 foot yacht from the Fort Lauderdale Harbor. It's good. It's a good thing to do. Oh, yeah. Why yeah. not? Just take like a cruise, thinking, man. Mike. They liked me in Japan. Let's go that way. <laughs> <laughs> what is, which way Let's is that? Left? Straight on till dawn. <laughs> the thing about cokeheads is they are fucking supernaturally crafty, but not necessarily oh, yeah. detail-oriented. Okay? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, dude, so I, got a, Renfro, I got a really good idea. Check out this idea, man. I got the best idea. I love you, man. I love you. But I got the best <laughs> idea, dude. Like, <laughs> check this out, man. So if you That's take... the realest joke of the night. <laughs> we could be in Japan in like 20 minutes, dude. Come dude, on. but like, dude. have you ever seen the movie... Uh, what is it? Escape from New York? No, Japan Boys. <laughs> Let's go there. No, Let's do it. They did a movie in Japan. It was just like Lost Boys. But instead of Kiefer Sutherland, it was a Japanese guy. And he had a jacket on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So at this point, I think Renfro is doing up uh, acting for the movie called The Bully. I don't know anything about that. But because he was uh, acting and uh, on staff for a production, uh, the studio hired a bodyguard for Renfro. But this wasn't a bodyguard that's just like, oh, I'm going to protect you from people. It's like... I'm the type of bodyguard that's going to protect you from yourself. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? So essentially an adult fucking babysitter because he's a a druggy head. Oh, dude, you guys should definitely watch this movie, Bully. Yeah. It's a Larry Clark movie, which is the guy who worked with Harmony Kareen. 
He okay. was like a total fucking uh, pedophile weirdo. I he think he's still alive. Kids, right? Yeah, he made kids okay. and uh, Gummo. Something. Harmony Kareen directed them, but this Harmony Kareen didn't direct this one. But I saw like half of it. It's fucking violence, pure violence. All right, man. cool, really? cool. I learned something. So, to not to not alert his quote unquote bodyguard slash minder, Renfro jumped out of his hotel fucking room window, <laughs> climbed down the side of the hotel. It was like one or two stories, and. <clears throat> There he met up with his coke dealer friend a little bit before 4 a.m. and presumably did a bunch of coke with him. They then made their way, you know, it's like what else are they going to do? It's 4 well, a.m. Yeah. with the coke dealer. Of uh, course. <laughs> both of them made their way to the Fort Lauderdale Harbor. They both somehow broke onto a yacht. Uh, your boy Brad Renfro manages to fucking hotwire the yacht. Like, didn't find the keys, but... Some good coke. Hotwire the yacht. <laughs> And he That's fucking, a Miami connection. Yeah. And, and, and Renfro just fucking full throttle guns the boat trying to get to wherever he's going. Hope, Japan, probably. Dude, trust me, I got this. Like, this coke came from, like, south of the border. I know how to hotwire this, dude. Don't worry about it. I got it. Yeah. Dude, I got it. <laughs> oh, 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 my hand. Dude, this is my spare oh, time fuck, all the time. Dude, that hurts, man. <laughs> fuck. All right, I'll try again, man. All right, here we go. Here we go. Oh, fuck, dude. Ah! <laughs> and then he gets no. it eventually. He's like, dude, I told yeah, you I could do it. I told you I could do it, man. It's so good. It's so great. I love it. I, oh, my God. Let's drive Let's drive this boat wherever, man. Like, I can't even hotwire a tricycle. <laughs> like, so fucking hotwires it, guns the engine, takes off for exactly four feet because <laughs> the idiots forgot to cast off, and they were still tethered oh, nice. to the dock. Oh, yeah! yeah. So... The boat was still tethered to the dock at the stern, and they gunned it, and they tore up the stern. Huge commotion. Police called on him. Police showed up. Take him down. Throw him in. Throw him in holding. Now, Almost what's there. all this about? Oh, it's Brad. Hey, Brad. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> Did you mean to tear up the dock like this? Well, I'm gonna have to report it. Sorry, Sorry Brad. Brad. Have a nice evening. <laughs> so, got caught. Fucked up the yacht. Charged with third degree grand theft, not grand theft auto, because it's not a fucking car. So grand theft boat, loophole. grand theft boat, the new game, uh, grand theft boat. <laughs> it's got... like Waterworld, except somehow lamer. <laughs> That's impressive. That would actually. be an easy game to make because you wouldn't have to build any buildings. It's just oh, you could, <laughs> you could make it for the Virtual Boy, yeah. which they fucking did. Yeah. That's the wrong console. You will lose both of your eyes eyesight, Mike, if you play that. Let's do it. <laughs> you don't need eyes for podcasting. We don't need eyes where we're going. No. Yeah. Uh, Brad fined four thousand dollars and sentenced to two years of probation. Again, dodging that sweet, sweet jail time that he is too pretty for. Probation is just fanfare for Hollywood elites. Yes. A little slap on the wrist, dude. That's, but also, there's this... too many slaps on the wrist for this boy. This kid has a mushroom cut. Gosh. Yeah, mushroom cut, 90s. Standard. Yeah, right? You know? He's like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but cooler, because he does heroin. But cooler. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor Thomas never made that cool look Yeah, because of heroin. <laughs> I think everyone who does heroin loves it. It's kind of like a... Uh, it's, it's, how it do, it's how it do. It probably feels good. It's the nature of the powder. Yeah. All right, we're out of the 90s. We're officially out of the 90s. No more pogs for Brad. Dude, so he, In hit, he hit the Willennium. He hit the Willadium in the plus two years. Y2K fucked his shit up. 2002. Ripe old age of 20. Your boy Brad has a mystery son. And his name has only... The son's name has only been recently released to the public. 
and he was raised in total secrecy in, get this, Japan. So maybe oh. something happened with the filming of the Resident Evil commercial. Oh, oh. Bradu-san! So his son, Chorichi. Uh, not Chorichi, Yamato. 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 Well, that's, anyone can guess that. That's yes. like the, the fucking Matthew <laughs> of Japan. Uh, that's so, pretty neat. I think it's year, son. I think it's Bradu-san. You know Brad what? Bradu-san. Now... Uh, twenty year, twenty years old isn't a horrible age to have a kid. It's not a pre- it's not a teen pregnancy or anything like that. No. In this economy, in two thousand two <laughs> economy, yeah, right uh, after the crash, crash into the twin towers. <laughs> ha ha! Wow, amazing. Uh, so Brad, you know, fucking up a little bit, but he does have money. He's got actor status. He's got actor chops. But uh, the baby mama, the baby mama's presumably Japanese family was still probably like dishonorable fuckboy gaijin Brad Renfro, <laughs> and didn't want the baby raised anywhere near him or in America. So they whisked the baby away to Japan, where he's raised. He is, I think, sixteen nowadays. Does he have a Twitter? And I don't know about. Can the we Twitter. add him? You can try if you know uh, Yamato Renfro, and yes, that is his name. Uh, hit us up. Why would they keep his last name if he was like a Yamato-san? I don't know. Uh, yeah, get a get a fucking real last name like Chin. <laughs> like might be fucking Japanese. Chin. Uh, Brad expressed a wanting to marry uh, Yamato's uh, baby mama, but never got around to it for reasons we're about to go over. Uh, it is confirmed Brad and Yamato have met once in their lives, so he did get to meet his Japanese baby son. Baby I'd son. hope. All right. Well, I'd hope so. Yeah. Now, I wish I had 2005. A baby. What would you name it? Steve. Got it. <laughs> Steve the Japanese baby. Steve son. Steve. That'd Chan. be his full name. Steve the Japanese Steve. baby. Steve Coon. <laughs> Steve, Japanese baby Lee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lee works over yeah, there. Lee works. Well, yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah, I mean, you got a one in five chance of meeting someone with a with a Lee as a last name. Steve, there, the so. Japanese baby Lee. No messy paperwork, sir. No, we're it's all it's business right here, dude. He's gonna be one of those business sons. He's gonna be a career man. Oh, okay, good. Salary, salary man. He's gonna be a salary man. man. I hope your son works 80 hours a week for the rest of his life. Dude, he's going to hate you know, his life, man. But he's going to have you know, one of those... He's going to have those tissues that's just toilet paper that sits on top of his head. So when he cries... Oh, one of those he gadgets. He can just fucking sneeze into it. Perfect. What would we do without the And Japanese? then when it's lower, you can jerk off using it. Yeah, right? It's a circle of life for a tissue. Thank you, uh, Steve. No. Well, I don't even remember what I called him. Steve, the Japanese baby The Japanese boy. baby Lee. Now, <laughs> let's get away from that. Uh, November 2005. He finally gets fucking jail time, believe it or not. What? Yeah. Oh. Uh, just 10 days after a uh, drunk driving escapade. Okay. And uh, when it, while it was technically a drunk driving escapade, he was caught drunk driving in a car, the charges that the officer, you know, kind of pussyfooted around and stuck him with was public intoxication and driving without a permit or without a license. So you mean driving drunk without a license? They didn't hit him with it, though. Mm. So it's just like, how do you stick bad, them though. with those two those two charges but not drunk driving? Well, that's one of the, yeah, because that's one of the perks of having a mushroom cut. They're not going to charge you for that. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, but like... <sighs> 
fuck. You know what? Joel Schumacher is probably paying those police off. Be like, hey, uh, keep him out of jail. I fucked that kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Ep- that Epstein right. and Schumacher are like, oh, yeah. Dude, I, I thought the other day, like, how fucking wild it, would it be if, like, the last singer on the Masked Singer just, like, takes its mask off and it's just fucking Epstein? Just like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> tricked. The world's best prank. Yeah, <laughs> just a huge, like, set-up mind fuck. And it's just like, it's me, Epstein. Dude, lol, yeah. And a... C- Mind freak. Cut to audience with Bill Clinton just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I helped. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Renfro, thrown in jail for only like 10 days, believe it or not. And uh, gets at, yeah, his first jail time is just 10 days. Little, That's little, not bad. More than, no, it's... For doing everything he's done in his entire life, Mike, he's he's making out like a villain. So, serves his 10 days. Literally, next month, gets caught up in a sting led by the LAPD. Renfro bought some bait heroin from an undercover LAPD cop, and on arrest, he admitted to using methadone and heroin during the police interview. Okay. Uh, there's, there's pictures of him getting arrested. For whatever reason, he's wearing a Boy Scout Outfit or what? Well, I don't know what are they called. Uniform, Boy Scout uniform. uniform. While oh, I gotta getting, see this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Google break. Renfro arrested. Heroin, maybe. I a scout is trustworthy, honor, loyal, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave. That's the Boy Scout honor, dude. It's all about heroin. He's like, I just woke up. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> Accidentally bought. Fake heroin. I think that happens to me most Oops. mornings. I just woke up. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he looks like. I mean, he's such a pushover. He looks like he was taken down at Occupy Wall Street. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. He's got like this. Oh, I just, it's not fair. <laughs> Never I fair. Really mean to do it. That's. Mike, he would go later on in his life to say, like, I'm only playing the tough guy. And he would lament uh, hitting up the party scene in L.A. And someone asked him, like, what advice would you give to uh, aspiring actors? And he said, like, stay away from L.A.'s party scene. So. Kind of regrets it, but kind of regrets it, but it's almost kind of a little too late. Uh, Two months after this uh, being arrested by the LAPD incident, Renfro states, he was tired of paying the consequences for substance abuse and enrolled in a two-month rehab program, which was probably court-mandated because of the whole arresting thing. So, yeah, but in L.A., they pussyfoot around everything. Well, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting how he worded that. He's tired of paying for the consequences. He's not technically sorry. <laughs> like, he's no. just like, I'm tired, of getting, I'm, I'm tired of getting my ass busted for doing heroin. Yeah. Fucking police. Mm-hmm. I hate this. This is mean. It's a tough thing to kick, I hear. It is. Uh, somebody asked me how he died. Mike, you do it. How's this boy die? Uh, literally one month after his rehabilitation, uh, his girlfriend found him dead as a doornail from a heroin OD in their apartment. Oh, shit. Damn shame. Went out partying well, one night with his friends, came back, trying to sleep it off, dead, dead in the morning. Uh, too young for this little refried. Twenty five. Twenty five. He's burnt out already. He has no applicable skills. Mike Rowe would have hated this kid. Oh dude, yeah, he's done some dirty jobs, dude. He worked for Schumacher. Schumacher. 
<laughs> I uh, work for Joel Schumacher. He made Batman Returns with Val Chilmer. <laughs> so who knows anything about the widowhood effect? No. What's up? Widowhood effect is essentially when um, it happens to females. Uh, when a female experiences a death in their family or close circle, uh, there's a very high statistic probability, higher than males, that they also die relatively oh, soon after that yeah. death. Oh, and it's like, are you saying that women are dependent on men? No. I'm saying there's a medical anomaly that puts I can't believe you'd say risk. something Dude, so, what are so you? Re- regressive. Yeah. Well, wow. well, you can't live without someone, you know. What's the point of living? I don't want to you know, wait. That's, special that's, person's gone. that's pretty much the, the, the biological. What's the point? <laughs> I don't want to find anyone else. All right, so no, I haven't actually heard of that, but uh, elaborate, heard, yeah. Cody. How does that apply to this story right now? Uh, in the same year, following months, Brad's mother and grandmother both died uh, after he OD'd. So it's cray cray. And it had nothing to do with the heroin. <laughs> it was more of like, just upset, my no. boy's gone. It, they they it both have, went you know, south with natural causes. Hero- it's presumably oh, the widowhood. Natural Is heroin, heroin causes. Natural? It's made out of poppies. Yeah. Oh, that's it's natural. all natural, dude. Yeah. If you're if you're a so. vegan, heroin is where you, choose, you should do. Everyone, everyone's like, why don't we remember Brad Renfro? Because he died in the same fucking week Heath Ledger kicked the bucket. Oh, everyone, yeah. <laughs> so everyone's just like, oh, did you hear Heath Ledger died? Well, like literally a few days earlier. But I've never Renfro even heard of a him. movie he was in. He was apparently in twenty-one movies. Because it, it was he, he was just in this sea of pretty boy Hollywood. Oh, okay. Fuckery. It's, it's twofold. He was just in a sea of people already doing it, and he was overshadowed with like Heath Ledger. So when he was in the movie, the Disney movie Tom and Huck, he played Huck. But guess who played Tom? You did Tom. Jonathan Taylor. Oh, Thomas. JTT. Outside. Outside. Yeah, yeah. JTT. You can't get over J-T-T. that boy. All right, who else J-T-T. we got? We got. Uh... I'm looking on this shit. Um, no one, no one saw that bully movie. He was in Law and Order. He was in a movie called The Job with what seems to be very a, bland titles for his movies. Well, you know what, yeah, guys? I mean, he job. was overshadowed by Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the man of the evening, the president of the '90s, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, I like everything he's been in is garbage. Okay, yeah. so so uh, Mike, what do you do? Your thing. What did what did you want to do? Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike way in. You guys all have really good episodes. You, or I guess all people. Thank you. But I do think the alfalfa one, I did not see that one coming. I was there like, you go. The oh, alfalfa that, takes oh. the cake. Yeah, knife in his pocket. A little shithead. He little shithead. Stab, yeah, the, the, hooks, the hooks and the nuts is pretty, is pretty bad. Fuck or the goose. Dude, right there, a little spanky. That dude was go. cute as fuck, especially in a hat. And then you're going to just stick hooks in his anus? <laughs> fuck. That's fucked. I, I, I yeah, he was that, a weenie. Uh, that award earns Alfalfa uh, a title mention in this episode. I agree. As it does with Alfalfa usually. and others, welcome to the fucking world of child acting. <laughs> well, look, um, Roast Mortem officially doesn't endorse child actors. Every kid should be played by people over the age of 45. Mike, it's much more realistic. You can work show. with them. They understand their rights. <laughs> you're a child. Get off the show. You baby boy. Did you just see what they did with uh, Will Smith in Gemini Man? They made oh, him look like it. a baby boy. You see, you see, uh, what's his name? John Travolta now? John Travolta? Yeah, he's fucked. What did he do? He took off shins like Cotton Hill? 
he looks like not even real. Mm. He looks like John Travolta, like uh, new music video. New music video. It looks like he's like twenty five, but it's like he looks like so plasticky. Oh, oh this one. Jesus Christ! I think you showed me this. No, you showed me this. Uh. All right, yeah, John Travolta's <laughs> fucked. All right, all right. Well, um, Hollywood's so- fucked, and when Hollywood gets its hands on a child, it doesn't let go. It, it goes in every orifice of its of the child. It's fucking sick. Ruins that pie. I'll be honest. Um, when I was doing my research. The only thing I wanted to do is move to L.A. and fit in with the real people. The real I had, America. I had not Have you guys seen yeah. Aaron Carter? Well, yeah. You bring yeah. him up. He's got like, a face tattoo, and he's like a rapper. Well, he's always been a rapper, but he, no, I listened to an interview with him, and he just he's, like sounds batshit crazy. Yeah, well, now he... Because he is. Well, now he wants he to be like how, post like, Malone. fuck him and shit like that. Yeah, everyone likes Post Malone because he's like, doesn't have a brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he talked yeah. about his brother, how abusive his brother was to him and shit. All right. Right. All right. Let's wrap yeah, up this episode. Let's get us out of let's here. Let's finish it. But before we finish it, by the way, BTWs. Oh, yeah. uh, so tomorrow, uh, November 1st, we are coming out with our merch on Teespring. <gasps> oh, wait. That makes today Halloween, actually. Happy Halloween. So, happy Halloweenos, Perlos Ninos. I hope yes. you don't die of heroin for like a child. Um, yeah. but if you do get it in your in your trick or treat bag, you just throw it out. Um, yeah. but we have some uh some shirts coming out. We have a merch what? store out now, Hell dog. Fucking yeah. It's on teespring.com. You get yes, some sexual shirts. Wow. Two designs. Can I have one? I get a shirt? You have to yeah, pay for it yourself. Like, they're 25 bucks or something. Fair. I don't know. That's good price. And we also have some beach it towels is. that you can fill with cum and make all hard. Beach towel. I think there's oh, a mug I, in the I mix. Need that. A- I love going to the beach. You can fill your cum, your mug up with cum. <laughs> you can come on all of our products. Yeah, as why not? You buy them Dude, yourself. sometimes I. Send us a picture of Sometimes it. Sometimes I come on my yeah. t-shirts if I'm really missing <laughs> like a paper towel or something. Yeah, if it's not in reach, you just like, oh, yeah, look, t-shirts. I guess, yeah, I've done that before. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. You're not sending it back to us, so just come on whatever. Yeah, so that, Who gives so a that's shit? That's the end of the show. Thank you. Yes, there you go. We got merch coming up. We got patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Yes, please. We got social medias. I'm Saunched. Who cares? I'm Cody McCann. I'm Mike. I'm Travis Legion with two E's or... Um, I'm not a child story. I'm on Twitter at Mike. And roast Mormcast for all the other yes, dumb shit. Google, Reach out. Google, tell us, uh, us. Tell us about the things that yeah. you do. Uh, We've been doing this for two years. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Shane, to all of our listeners. Thank you, Shane. I hope you have them. a sexual Halloween. I hope you dressed up as a sexual firefighter, or a sexual eggplant, or a sexual leg. Like, just like a disembodied leg. A sexual disembodied leg. Dress up like John Travolta in that new Fred Durst movie. Uh Uh-huh. Hard. Is Fred Durst? Yeah. (laughs) Dress up hard. All right. Thanks, Shane. Thank you, Love you guys. Thank you, Shane. I mean, we're here, aren't we? We did it, everyone, boys and girls and girls. 
Yay! Yeah. So now at the end of the show, we Woo! do this where we uh, obituize our Patreonists. Yeah, we like uh, people who give us money. Oh, yeah. Um, great. We like people who don't give us money, but we really like people who give us money. Yeah. So we want to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Cody, you want to kill the first person? I'll do it. I'll go first. Uh, we are... I am. I'm going to murder... I'm, I'm not killing you. I'm just reporting the obituary on the one, the only, Berries and Cream, mind you. Very, very cool artist of our uh, friend circle podcast, Jerk. She makes animes, right? She does, yeah, she has the animu uh, art style, and she does stuff for Asterios, Not For Human Consumption, Thought Cops, and uh, the Zwickaroo, I think. Bears and Cream, she's uh, drawing cute animu girls, as she usually does, and uh, she has a particularly beautiful character coming out. It's like, ooh, this one's, this one's sexy. This one's, this one's got them dummy-thick thighs. I'm gonna, Yay, I'm hentai! Thanks for taking us there, Travis. I was afraid of uh, <laughs> breaching the topic on myself, but yes, anime and hentai go uh, hand in uh, tentacle. Love she was watching. <laughs> she was uh, really digging how the latest one was coming out, so she reaches for uh, the good art supplies, that good, good stuff. She goes into her uh, pencil box and grabs the radioactive cobalt blue glitter pens. However, she loses her grip and drops it, mishandling it. The pen pricks her, and boom! Just like that, she gets anime waifu superpowers. Wait, is that like Spider-Man, but pencil lady? Yeah, pen. Pen, though. Oh, pen lady. Yeah, glitter pen, so it's in her bloodstream. It's uh, hitting her neurons with that good, good radiation. Uh, Every character she draws bursts off the paper into life, heeding her every demand, every word, every order. And she takes advantage of this. She orders her anime waifus to go on a crime spree, bilking her city for art supplies to further add to her anime henchmen ranks. Office supply stores, art stores, and even Michaels are not safe. All of them. Well, Michaels are never safe. Yeah. They're just, they're just germs waiting to happen. Get touched. I always feel uncomfortable in there. Yeah, every time. 80% to- of all crime is committed by 12% of Michael stores. <laughs> yes, I agree. Not only do I agree, I know that stat is wrong. It's 100%. <laughs> yeah. <it's> just- <laughs> I like that. I like the store. Uh, yeah, because it's named after you. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> Dick. It's a great store. <laughs> it smells too It smells too good. Like, the olfactory is overwhelmed in there because, like, they just have potpourri and... Glue. Gross th- yeah, glue. Frames. Potpourri. Frames smell a certain way. Mm. They always right? do to me. It's anyway. got that corky, corky waft to it. <laughs> a loamy smell. Loamy, good. Earth Tony, I like that. <laughs> uh, her anime thing. waifu creations build a fort and begin hoarding the supplies. Uh, high-grade construction paper, non-toxic watercolors, even those good, good scented color markers. I think that's the third time I've said good, good this obituary. Wait, are you referring to two of my least favorite things out of my top Maybe. least uh, hundred favorite things? <laughs> which is I'm not, uh, I'm not tracking your list. Which is arts and crafts and Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> those are three things. No, arts and crafts is one thing. We all yeah, have that's one okay. thing. All right. That's like saying dick and balls. Yeah, it's one area. That's, that's three you didn't like arts and crafts, Tom. I hate arts and crafts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that settles that question. 
Though she discovers in her stolen hoard even more radioactive cobalt blue glitter pens, and she's just there like, infinite power for me. She takes a handful of them and jabs herself in the thigh with them. All of her hair and teeth immediately fall out, and she keels over from radiation sickness. Rest in peace, berries. Dude, that's why you just... You don't hang out with nukes. Dude, nuke the whales first, because then we'll have Spider-Man whales. Yeah. That'd be weird. They just sling web through their blowhole. Yeah. And do nothing with it because there's nothing to grab on in the ocean. That's it. See, I, I don't understand Japan because, like, they kill whales and they make anime. Yeah. Choose one. <laughs> Making you better. Wow, feeling. that's a hell of an international ultimatum there. Whales yeah. or anime. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, berries rest in cream. peace, berries and cream. If that is Died your real the same name. Way. It is not. I've been over this. Died the same way she lived, surrounded by animu waifu. Well, if I had that ability, I'd draw a big titty lady. You would, dude. Uh, you fucking would. <laughs> all right, Tom, who's up next? all over your dick. Yeah. All right, so next is uh, Jen from Phoenix. Yeah, I like her. She's on the Patreon. Don't really know a lot about her, but I do know a lot about Arizona. Yeah. Uh, no daylight savings. So immediately very out of touch weird, with reality. Wait, they don't have daylight savings? I guess there's so much daylight there. It's only they don't daylight, need to save actually. any. Yeah, they, they don't need to save any. What, what's the point? They have so much. They're, they're daylight rich. <laughs> God damn it. Hoarding it. Also, uh, the bolo is the official neckwear of Arizona. Oh. Well, that's cool. badass. So, yeah, uh, I mean, what are your options as far as neckwear nowadays? A tie? Kerchiefs? A, a tie, bow tie, um, kerchiefs. Gold chain. Yeah, there's a lot, actually. That, oh, okay, yeah. So, you, you've convinced me. So, um, on the day that uh, Jen died, it was National Bolo Day. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, and while, while she's wearing a bolo like everyone else is, it's state-mandated, uh, there, there was an incident. That, uh, I need to back up a bit. There was an incident that happened in 1997 called the Lights Over Phoenix. <laughs> uh, it's a UFO oh. event, possibly one of the finest... UFO sightings ever. Thousands of people seeing this giant V-shaped spacecraft mm. with lights coming out of it, and it's amazing. It's really uh, from you can look at pictures. It's fantastic. So what happened was um, on this very special net, uh, statewide Bolo Day. Yeah, the lights returned. Twenty-two oh. years later. Believe oh, that shit. That's okay. Nice. Oh shit. So they come back. You got lights. Everyone's like looking up with their bolos. <laughs> And uh, Jen's out there, you know, she's she's no party pooper. She's drinking hand, looking at the lights. Nice. And all of a sudden, David Duchovny comes out. Oh, fuck. Oh, damn. And, uh, you know, he do- with his great acting goes, the government put poison in the bolos. Or however he would say it on <laughs> X-Files, you know, where it's really not convincing at all, but we still government believe him. Put poison yeah. in the bolos. Yeah, I he's got, got a mouthful of sunflower seeds. He's got a baseball in one hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So he takes off Jen's bolo, uh-huh. and everyone else passes out around her. And she's like, oh my god, David Duchovny, you are right. Oh my god, David <laughs> Duchovny, you are so right. He's okay. always right. But then, you can't be singled out like that. Now, the only two standing people in all of Phoenix is Jen and David Duchovny. Mm-hmm. So they what they do, they, they, Phoenix? So they start seeing more, more aircraft move in. Uh-oh, they're going to take us out. They don't want us to know what they got going on. So oh, where do they run? They run to the Morton Salt Mines. Oh, those are there? Okay, cool. 
Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite places to go. Malt Morton Salt Mines. Yeah, and as they're getting approached on by these ships, they just get into the Morton, the mines and they're running in. And the ships come and they land on top of the mine where there's no exit. And Jen gets thirsty to death. <laughs> oh, no. Just covered in salt. Dries out. Oh, no. Her and like David Duchovny, hand in hand. Uh, they may have kissed in the cave. I don't know. There's no records. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, you know, it's funny. Moisture. Yeah. It's funny with the greys. You know, they're always pictured and they don't have any clothes. The alien boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the only thing I could picture them wearing is a bolo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bolo. No pants. Yeah. No shirt. Oh, and for the record, everyone else in Phoenix was fine. They were just, like, sedating them. It wasn't a real poison. Mm. It was a sedative. It was kind of like, um, it was a Mars roofie. And, oh, okay. uh, they were I just looking up people's buttholes. That was it. They just spread everyone out. Everyone woke up the next day. It's fine. No big deal. They shouldn't have run away. So, just walking uh, don't listen to David Duchovny. And, uh, Jen, thank you so much for being a Patreon. Yes, thank you. Hell yeah. Woo! So, our last boy, Joey Conway. Oh, yeah, he's a good fry. Yeah, all right. So, the thing I know about Joey is that he loves sports. Who doesn't? Sports. <laughs> I hate I mean, sports. Yeah. All right. So he really digs the Orlando Magic. That's basketball. Oh, cutting, they suck. Oh, wait. Know. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Shaq on them before he was yeah. on the Lakers? Yeah. Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal. That's when I'm, I stopped what? watching any sport. Yeah. When, when he retired. When, Shaq, <laughs> when I saw Shaq's true colors. <laughs> so Joey goes. Joey goes to the Magic game expecting to see some premium shooty hoops, and you know he splurges a little bit. And uh, he's like, let me get some courtside seats. You know, that's like the section where you see famous people tripping players or eating really sloppy chili cheese dogs. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. So Joey's like, I'm all about that. He goes, he loves chili cheese dogs. So he's like, Sonic loves chili cheese dogs. I love basketball. I love eating chili cheese dogs in the front row right next to the players. And he gets a chili cheese dog. So he's all jazz. He's got the sloppy chili cheese dog ready for the game. And wouldn't you know it that the entire Magic team uh, has bovine spongy form encephalitis. God damn it. Again? <laughs> yeah, it's mad cow disease. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> so, so they're like, dude, we have, to have the, we have to have this game. So they call up Arsenal, you know, the English footy team, and uh, to stand Who in. Else? To stand in. And Joey's like, fuck yeah, I'm a huge Arsenal fan. So all the Arsenal players walk in, and they're playing against the Knicks. And they're like, I don't know. The Knicks are like, what are we supposed to do with this football team? Like, <laughs> Probably beat the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, right? So, you know, Arsenal team's out there jumping up and down, stretching out. And Joey takes a big old sloppy bite of his chili cheese dog, and the hot dog goes sliding across the court right into the center. <laughs> yeah, they usually now, do that. Now Every the time. Ar- yeah, now the Arsenal striker sees that dog go in the middle, and he's like, oh, is this how you play soccer in America? And just like some some Pavlovian dog response, he runs and starts kicking it. He starts kicking that dog, you know what I mean? And uh, so now you've got the New York Knicks and the London Arsenal kicking a, che- a looped-up chili cheese dog around the court. And people are going wild. <laughs> Joey just invented a brand new sport. What's it called? Dog Boys. Dog Boys. <laughs> I've seen the Airbud movie of that. So, but the thing about Dog Boys, the sport, is that it's super violent. 
you know. So <laughs> one of the, the Nick Center uh, starts kicking the dog, and he's like kicking it around. And our Arsenal guys are like, "Oh, slow down, mate!" Oh, oh, oh. and he kicks the dog right into Joey's lap. And all of a sudden, both teams tackle him right in his seat. He gets a oh. cleat in the forehead, dog and he's pile. crushed to death. <laughs> Damn. Whoa. So thanks, Joey, for being a Patreon oh, and inventing right. uh, Dog Boys, the best sport that ever exists. A great American game. I'm gonna that. say, I'm gonna say Travis won that one. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> goddamn it. That reminds me of uh, uh, real quickly, Joey. Congratulations for inventing Dog Boys. Yes, um, thank you. I was at a bachelor party once, and um, we were playing basketball with a frisbee, and. Uh, <laughs> We called the game Close Boys because we were all so close, but never really got it in. It was a great time. I think it was like 11 people on a team, and everyone was on the same team. That sounds. That kind of sounds like if I had an orgy. We all came kind of close, but we never got it in. Yeah, Close Boys. So I guess Close Close Boys boys could be in a a similar league as uh, Dog Boys. I think you're on something. Well, Maybe that's like the, the League West and League East. It's Dog Boys and then Close Boys. <laughs> yeah, <they> League <laughs> East. He's going to win the championship. Yeah. All right, thanks for tuning in to Rose Mortem. Uh, thanks to all the Patreons. Yeah, love you guys. Yo, bye, doggies. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane.